Welcome everyone to episode 37 of Real Space Raiders. This is Paulie, aka Sky Serpent. I'm joined on this episode by Dark Tanadon. Hey everyone, welcome back. And Archon George. Hello everyone. In this episode, we're going to go through our hobby and games, a little bit of Scourge news, and we're going to go into two of our main sections. We have a designer Drakari unit section, so we're going to get our flesh crafting on and go through some ideas for future Drakari units or reimagined ones. And we also have a Archon report where myself and Don went to the Birmingham GT very recently. We're going to go through our games and through some of our highlights. So, George, do you want to kick us off with some hobby and games that you've been up to recently? Uh, yeah, gladly. So, I uh, hobby-wise, I uh, finally finished my first batch of six uh, Eric Grotesques, um, which I'm really pleased with. Uh, I put up a post on Instagram about them, and that was quite well received. Um, I'm currently building another two, so I can do two squads of four for an event I've got this weekend. Um, and I'm also painting up my Hemoxites, uh, so I've got 15 uh, racks with, um, so I can run three squads of five with double liquefiers. Um, but I've painted them up red, so I can use like 10 of them as my Hemoxites because um, I've fallen in love with Hemoxites. I think they're awesome. Like they're they're quite possibly my favourite upgrade unit. In fact, I think they are my favourite upgrade unit as far as um, on like Trueborn or Blood Brides compete, um, just because they're so annoying to deal with like they don't do a lot of damage but man they are towards the end of the game they are a pain in the ass to remove um so yeah looking forward to putting them on the board they're turning up well um games wise um what have i done i haven't no i don't think i've played any games not since the event with the the double void raven i think i yeah that was the last games i played so i've just been focusing on my hobby for now because it's only been a couple of weeks since we recorded so um that's it for me but it's been it's been pretty good so far so i'm quite pleased i've got more projects on the go like i'm trying to get some more racks because i want to do the army of renown i've got a really nice list in mind but um, i need to buy like quite a few more racks in order to do it um and then i've got a sort of speed painting project in mind for them um to um share on like instagram and on the discord and I'll take sort of like stage by stage photos of like how to quickly paint like a lot of racks in a short space of time. Um, but that's me. What about you, Don? What have you been up to? Oh, I've, since last quarter, I have. Oh yeah, I've done a, a little bit of hobby. I uh, I purchased another thirty racks. But for you people who are out there are thinking, oh my god, Don, that is like a bucket load of cash. It's not actually. I actually got um, 30 3D prints of racks, which are slightly bigger than the Games Workshop racks. And I actually think they look better, like shock horror, but they, they're they really, really cool, really dynamic. And they they kind of, they don't look as like static and like, I don't know, like the Games Workshop ones are like really like muscly when these are kind of like more slender and creepy. Imagine the, um, oh, Paul, maybe you can help me in this one. The Necromunda gang that everyone converts to be homoxites. What are they called? Deluxe. Yeah. So imagine if like Deluxe took their their the big coats off. I'm um, imagine like these slender, like slender, really like lanky, but also like muscular um, 
This is getting like, dangerously slaneshy, Dom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like they're they're just like really long limbed, but like their shoulders are really muscular and their chest quite muscular, but their arms are like not ripped. They are just like really long. Um and they they look really cool. They look really cool. And um I think it was like for forty quid or something like that. I got thirty racks or no, fifty quid I think it was. We've got thirty racks. Um which is, you know, it's less less than a like two pound a rack, which is, you know, really cool. Um, and yeah, it just makes it a little um, a little easier to, you know, <laughs> to digest when you're spending money on getting getting towards the armor and out. So I've got about seventy racks now, which is good. So I can do two big squads of twenty, and then uh, maybe a, a squad of homoxites and a couple of SMSU racks because I'm kind of aiming towards. Um, basically that plus Drazar, Urian, um, the homunculus with the reroll aura and and the uh, and Vexeta mask and then just uh, three squads of grotesques like four mans I know Georgie like the five mans because they get to the they get to the uh, four plus feeling of pain quicker um, and easier but the uh, I also got like two ten uh, two nine man squads of incubi because of I wanted to the last options, um, and just two raiders. But yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm almost there. I just need to paint them up, which is good. Um, but I also had a little practice event that um, at my local club because we had obviously the queen's uh, queen gave us two days off, which was very nice of her. Um, we uh, on the Thursday we we usually have club night from seven to eleven, and we we asked like could we you know have it for the day if no one's using using the the hall. And they were just like, yeah, and actually only worked out an extra three pound each to rent it for the day. And so we bit the hand off and we're like, yep, we'll do it. So we ran a little mini team event, uh, which was which is really good. And I challenged myself because I didn't want to play my Quins. I didn't want to, you know, I I'd already had like a, enough practice with the Quins. Um, so I kind of just wanted to play a fun list. Especially with like local lads, is like you don't you don't want to just like go hyper competitive like into them. You want to like have a good time. So I I went with I three custom um, detachments. Obviously, I went back to my roots and went down the dark tentamancer route, um, which is just you know hex rifle osifactor times three with rack squads. Um, Drazar's the warlord. It felt good to have him back, even though in one game I completely forgot he rerolled all hits and wounds. Didn't, it didn't matter though. Um, then three, uh, three, three times three Kronos. They are still really good after the nerf. Like I gotta say, like, I was, I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna, gonna really feel it. Like I can't like bring the Kronos back to life. But if you just play him better. Like they're actually really, really good, um, especially with the um, like flat three damage on sixes, which was really good. Uh, three raiders with, with dizzies, and then I went for a custom cabal. I don't think anyone's done custom cabal ever, but it was the most annoying thing to like play around. I went for dark mirth and soulbound, which is basically you get five up for a pain against mortals. So I had uh, I basically had two cabal warrior squads in there and archon. Uh, and some and the court of the Archon, but obviously they get bonuses, they get the field of pain anyway. But what was really good in the Thousand Suns matchup, it meant they just couldn't doom bolt my Archon off the board, which was really interesting. Um, but even funnier was the Dark Mirth. It is so good. 
<laughs> it's just so annoying because it's like, okay, you moved tw uh, and you were 12 inches like within 12 inches of me. So here, five up. You take a mortal wound, um, which was really funny when um, I mortal wounded the Incarn and he was on he, to get him down to two wounds left, which actually stopped him charging into something, um, which was absolutely hilarious. So Dark Mirth is, is jokes. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, then I went for testicles obviously and then double succubus uh just and more msu racks and then some incubi and hellions and yeah it was fun it was really fun uh, it was nice to do the team's event with the lads like in my team we had a harlequins list my list and then um glue and bolters if you don't follow him in on instagram you should because he he runs the st albans events and he also is a great painter he's painted uh, a few of my models so um go check him out but um yeah, it was good. We uh, our, our team ended up winning. Um, just it was just really it was a really fun day. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to just chill out with the lads and just have like a whole day of it. Like there was a big party in town, and we kind of went up to all the food food stalls for lunch and dinner, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Um, so yeah, I've done some racks, did a little do a little fun gaming. Um, just found Dark Murph is is just hilarious, but it's actually it's actually quite good. Um, and yeah apart from that i haven't really done anything else because we haven't actually you know it's not been that long since the last podcast no, i love to see you using dark mirth i have i have used it myself in a couple of like friendly games because it's like I, I call it the troll pick where you just like anything your opponent wants to do is like oh there's a chance you're going to take a mortal wound like and it's very rarely going to like change the outcome of a game but it does make your opponent like think twice about doing things which Anything that does that is a is a win in my book. So, um, well done on winning the team event. And yeah, like kudos for taking Dark Murph to an event. Sure, it was it it was really funny because I made every single five up out of that in the entire tournament. Every time someone wanted to move, uh, I was like, oh, you know, yeah, if you if you come within you know five inches, twelve inches of the center, you're going to take a mortal. And I rolled a five every single time, so it actually looked so much better than it than it is. It kind of was acting like, oh, if you come within twelve of me, you take a ball, um, which was which is fantastic. Um, but you know, I, that, that's just Dom's dice. I got very 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 lucky. Um, it made me laugh that I kept using Manny's dice for it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Paulie, what have you been up to, dude? So what have I been up to? I've done some painting. I'm painting at the moment. Um, painting my Corsair voice guard up for an event at Warhammer World. Um, so if you've been following me on Instagram, I've been working on these for quite a long time. Uh, using the, the, the voice guard models as the basis, but lots and lots of conversions like harps and things. I want to you know, make them unique. That's what I like to do. Um, but it is my first event at Warhammer World since January 2020. Maybe by the time this episode actually comes out uh, to our listeners, but I'm so hyped for that. Uh, but I want to go guns blaze and take um, the Corsairs and take them you know, nicely painted, going to do a display base. I'm sure I've spoken about this before, but just really sort of super hyped to do that. Uh, currently, I'm sort of working through uh, the black at the moment, trying to sort of edge highlight that. And it's... Um, I hope I'm going to be finished, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. But yeah, really enjoying those. And um, my recent games, I haven't played any 40k since Birmingham. I'm playing Kill Team with some friends again, just trying to prep, still trying to like, learn the game properly. Um, it's quite, it's not a complicated game, but there's, and th there are some cues from 40k, but 
this is an entirely entirely different game system um so it's just trying to get all the sort of you know advanced things down and you know i don't want to go to a warhammer world event and like not know the rules and how to play the game um but i'm yeah really looking forward to that uh in terms of other hobby and games uh, we don't talk about it a lot but uh, i play a mobile game called uh, warhammer combat cards which is a mobile version of like the old sort of um card game uh, games workshop we used to produce and it's a really fun game um and you can have clans on there so we've had a real space raiders clan since um that was implemented and recently they've started doing rankings for clans in the campaigns it's actually really cool because we came 17th in the first campaign out of 1706 clans so that's it's really cool real space raiders are everywhere um george in the clan i don't know if you're still around in it dom i know jt mcdowell has joined us recently so um yeah, i know yeah, the clan yeah. itself is um is full at the moment but i'm sure there's any inactives then let us know and i'm sure we can squeeze the space or make a satellite clan so um that's pretty much me for hobby and games oh back to corsairs um we're talking about recently done weren't we about you know different ways we can use them it's something i, w I keep wanting to like work out ways that work um and for birmingham i always like to print the latest faqs off and i was printing off the eldari ones um, and I hadn't noticed they'd actually fixed the um, the psychic powers for Corsairs. So now, you know, before, you know, the Asiani changed to the Anray for the, the Corsair keyword, but a lot of it was Corsair, so it wouldn't work with them, but they've actually changed it now, so it's just the Corsair keyword. So Doom and things like that work with them and would have Asian. so I think there's a lot more play in them, but still at the moment, um, they're interesting, but it's whether they're point sufficient enough to go with Drakari, but... I don't think the Void Reavers are quite there, but I think the Void Scarred have some play. Um, I'm definitely taking them to no retreat this year. Definitely taking them because uh, it's it's a competitive event, but you know the expectation of some flair. Um, I do want to make them you know have a bit of a debut soon. But that's me for hobby and games. Um, Going to go really quickly into Scourge news. Not too much to discuss at the moment. Uh, on the day of recording, Games Workshop dropped a few uh, nice reveals. They dropped the Iron King for the. Um, the leagues of Votan, which is interesting, and they also dropped a few Astra Militarum models after a recent potato leak. Uh, in there was Ursula Creed, who is the daughter of uh, Creed, which is interesting. The Kassikin, I'll probably absolutely destroy that pronunciation. Uh, the fancy Cadian Stormtroopers, they're back in plastic, and the Sentinels been reimagined. Guys, what do you think of these? Um, I think the models look great. I love the fact that um, Creed's been kind of semi-resurrected in the form of her his um his daughter ursula who I don't, I don't know when i looked at the model i instantly thought of miss trunchbull from matilda i don't know if you guys have seen that film it's a bit old now but it's one of my favorites when i was growing up but um just this sort of badass looking woman that takes no no uh no bs from anyone um i'm a bit disappointed she's not smoking a cigar if i'm honest <laughs> like, i thought that would be cool to carry that over but um but yeah, the models look really cool. Um, the new plastic Kassikin are like awesome. I've just finished reading a book where the Kassikin are like quite heavily involved in it. And there's this really awesome moment where they're just annihilating uh, like demons of various sorts without even like making any sounds or anything. They're just, they're just getting the job done. And you sort of have this real like badass moment for them. So um, I think they look great. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm not a guard player. I'm a guard fan. I think they're great. Um, uh, for me, I've always thought, I've always 
likened Katachan a bit more of all the guard regiments. Like I think the the thought of an entire army of kind of Rambo's or Dutch from Predator, like that would that just is awesome in my eyes. But um, hey, like more more models for Cadia is a, is always a good thing because they lost their planet, so they need a bit of love. I really like guards. I like the. Um, do you remember the third edition codex where you had like all the different random regiments at the back? And I really wanted like a Death World regiment. Um, really cool. I like Vestroyons. I like um, the Valhallans are nice. Uh, the Talon. I think they've, they've got so much flavour. Don, what's your thoughts on the guard? Yeah, well, they were like my one of my first armies. So I'll always remember like me and my dads when I was much younger, just like painting all of the old metal guard and all of that sort of stuff and we used to do it as a hobby together which was always really great um yeah, i always regret like like getting rid of my my guard because they're all like my my cultists now which is quite funny but um yeah i got rid of my guard and turned all of the tanks into um battle wagons and things like that when i got really into orcs but if i'd have actually kept them they would still be bad because guard have never really been good apart from when they had the the vengeance acadia first came out but um yeah i've i've always really liked guard and it's nice to see all of their they're staying true to the old models because the because the um i think they were used to be called the stormtroopers um i th- they they look almost identical to the old metal ones and i hope they they keep the uh, bald guy with the sword and plasma pistol because he was always great um yeah look, they look really cool and i've always 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 wanted to collect vistorians and if they do a plastic vistorian kit i am probably going to have an entire army of vistorians because they are literally like they just look amazing and i, and I remember when they came out so yeah, i'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with you there don when you said that um guard have never been good i i remember painfully several points throughout 40k's history where guard have been incredibly good and i i still think they're one of our toughest matchups even now when they're like considered um like not not like top meta they're considered underdogs i still think guard when played by someone who knows them are an extremely good like game an extremely tough fight for us they're just the way that army plays is almost like a rock paper scissors scenario to the way we play um and yeah i I think god are great like i'm 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 dreading their codex coming out because i think they're going to give us a real rough ride um when they come out i think they're worse in a lot of ways they're a worse matchup for us than like admec or even tau um yeah i think uh guard are going to be very very good when they come out i i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do yeah i was going to say i remember back in the day leaf blower guard like my first experience like as a proper as it were like an adult uh, going to like you know a competitive event, um, and I played Leaf Blower Guard in my first game, and I experienced why they're called Leaf Blowers because um, I literally got blown off the board. They were absolutely incredible, uh, so so good. So yeah, I think there's been times when they've been very very good. So I think we've been a good counter at times in the sense of when we've had like really good anti-infantry um, and sort of like you know little dark glances, but. Um, they're certainly certainly interesting. Any particular regiments anyone else is looking forward to see? Yeah, um, I, I kind of want to see what they're going to do with Ratlings. To be fair, like I know it's not like a regiment, but like I want to see new Ratlings. I always used to love the old metal Ratlings, and I know they made them into plastic, but if they're redoing Sentinels and if they're redoing the uh, like the Stormtroopers, 
I think they could redo the Rattlings. I think they can make them look really funny because they should look funny. Um, because the jokes, they're like, I just love the idea of them because they're these hobbits that are kind of like what, like hidden in all the rubble, too small to see, just like picking off these high priority targets, which is awesome. That's what I really like with the sort of the subhumans, the abhumans, and I think we all know that Games Workshop loves to go sort of retro and go back to its rogue trader roots at times. So I definitely think there's more space for that. Uh, I think the models are cool. I think the Sentinel looks really nice, but I think like the old Sentinel was fairly decent still. Whether they could have put you know their time into something else, but again, you know we've seen a few models and without full context, uh, it's hard to make you know, correct opinion as it were. Um, but that's it for a very, very quick Ashmilitarian flavoured scourge news. I wouldn't talk about the Iron King, League of Votan. Guys, more League of Votans and squats. Did you like him? Uh, yeah, I did. I thought it's um, very. It's a, it's a definite nod to uh, the, uh, the Blackstone Fortress robot. Was it UOR25 or something? I can't remember his name, but like the. Um, yeah, the. Uh, Oh, they're called metal metal men, uh, the abominable metal intelligences. Point. Yeah, um, so it's very much a nod to that, and I think from the little lore snippets they put in the article, um, it seems to be um, very much. Well, I'd imagine it'd be frowned upon by the Mechanicum, but it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting blend between that that guy in the Black Fortress box and um, the. Um, the walking robots of Mars, um, which uh, is interesting. It's not, if I'm being honest, it's not my cup of tea. I don't really like that kind of model. It, it looks a bit like clunky and a bit sort of like retro sci-fi. Um, I'm much more into sort of my like sleek shapes and uh, and more futuristic, uh, like cyberpunky kind of style, which is why I collect Jokari. But I can see it's a good model and uh, I'd imagine the rules are going to be really fun to see. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else they, uh, they give to the, the squats because it's bound to be good. Okay, cheers, George. So it is time to move on to our Design a Drakari Fleshcrafter section. So set this challenge probably you know, quite a while ago. We've been working on this in the background um, since a good, good two months. So I think there's some good ideas coming here. The idea is you can pick any Drakari unit, uh, any sort of flavor, obsession, sub-faction, whatever you like. It can be a brand new unit. It can be something old. It can be a reimagine of a current unit. Um, full, either like full stat lines, lore, what the model looked like, points, any additional flavour that you like. Um, George, do you want to go with one of your selections first? And again, we've done this all in secret, so all these reactions are natural. Uh, hopefully, there's no duplicates. But really excited to see what everyone else has made, and also hope everyone likes mine. No one's going to like yours, mate. You come up with the worst ideas. But, um, hey, you wait, you wait, you wait. <laughs> uh, so I'll go, I'll go with my, my first one that I, I've i always thought we should have, but I, I never really understood why, because it's, it's one of those things that in the in the lore of kind of um, Drakari, of like when you read about sort of the Archon entries, it's always like they're master schemers surviving like assassination plots and schemes and like political games like every day it's just part of their part of their everyday life then it becomes second nature to like spot treachery and spot plots and ploys to kill them um, because that's how they stay in power so i've always wondered why like if we if our entire race comes from a entire city where basically everything's trying to kill you so why do we not have like assassin units so 
my first choice would be like a Carbolite Assassin um, or like or Carbolite Trueborn Assassin or something along those lines where um, you can get it's either could either be like single models so like a um, a bit like the Sanctus from Jeans Dealer Cult um, where you can either have them armed with like a rifle or um, or you can have like melee options and they can appear like almost Calidus Assassin esque out of nowhere and um, and and do their thing. Um, I was thinking to keep it thematic with the Carbolites, I'd want to keep them um, so like their, their melee weapons would be, I don't know, like in Venom's Blades, taking a bit of homage from the old Duke Siliscus rules where you'd have um, like two uh, two Venom weapons that would always wound on twos, but then on a certain wound roll they would um, like be ignore armor saves, but I suppose now it would probably translate to cause like a bonus mortal wounds or something. Um, and I thought for like a gun option, you could give them dark light rifles, uh, which I thought would be quite easy to do. You could just make them like 36 inch range, like heavy one or heavy, I think heavy one if it was a unit, but heavy two if it was like a single model. Um, and then have like strength six, AP three, damage three, able to pick like characters and then cause mortal wounds on sixes because that seems to be the standard go-to for sniper weapons. Um, but I'd also give them the, the Trueborn rule of um, always hit on twos and not suffer any penalties for like modifiers um, and ballistic skills so you can have a, a decent unit that can infiltrate, hide somewhere and uh, threaten characters from a long range. Man, I love the idea, I really like the idea of assassins in sort of Dracari society. There's quite a few um, short stories isn't there, Treasures of, um, I can't remember the name, Treasures of Bielanai, is that the name of the short novella? Uh, got a couple yeah, of Bakari so. um, assassins. They're like um, they're VAT twins, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I like the idea of sort of like long-nosed um, splinter pistols and things like that. Um, one of my ideas, not what the others are presenting, but I fall in love with the Kanafi assassin, which is one of the Corsairs. Um, and their sort of backstory is they uh, they train with you know, the Hardquins and they go with the um, the craft worlds and they spend time in Komora. Um, and I think there's some ideas that I think it could roll all together, but really, really like it, mate. Yep, that's my first one. So, um, should we go to, to Dark Techno Dom next? I mean, yeah, I just want to comment on that. I, I really like the idea of that because it's, it's almost like the um, the Laz fuselage that you can get on the um, I think they're called eradicators that for the space marines where they basically have like mini Laz cannon guns like rifles, which is really cool. And if you, any of you have played um, Apex Legends, I always imagine a Laz cannon being like a um, like the charge rifle, which is really cool. So yeah, I could totally imagine that. I think that'd be really cool, um, especially as like if you give them the Trueborn wall, they'd be awesome. I think they're probably better than the Trueborn now in the in the current meta. So I really like that. I think that's really, really, really cool. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, that's that's my first one. Um, I've got two more for you. Uh, one's just a rehash, and the other one's uh, my favourite one. But I'm going to save that for later. So we'll do we'll take it in turn. So Dom, what's your first one? So my first one is from my favourite Jukari unit, which is the Hellions. Okay, and it would be a two point upgrade per per model, which you know you could say they're expensive already, but. This makes them actually really worth their points, okay? So I'm calling them the the Hellion Sky Devils, which is um, like an old name for the Hellion, like one of the old Hellion gangs. And uh, what, what it's gonna do is it's gonna give you plus one to wound versus vehicles. So that taken from like testicles, I think that's always, that would be really good with uh, the Hellion Sky Devil upgrade. And then 
what I would also like to give them is eviscerating flyby, but you do mortal wounds on vehicles. So you do you basically have the haywire keyword for when you do eviscerating flyby. And instead of just, you know, one mortal wound on a four plus, it will be one mortal wound on a four plus, and then on the sixes, it will be D3 mortal wounds just like haywire. So, and especially for vehicles, they're kind of teched in for like anti-vehicles. So I imagine how they fly over the um, the vehicles. They um, they unleash like a pulse from the, the bottom of their, their skyboards, maybe reducing their movement, but they fly over, do this electronic pulse and uh, they get, um, they do extra mortals and sixes and do mortal wounds, which is really cool. I really like the idea of that. Um, and then obviously then they charge in and they have plus one to wound so that's kind of the the hellion sky devils and i think two points per model is a very nice upgrade for that yeah that's great stuff right? i think it's um it's reminiscent we used to did we used to have things that go no i mean reaver jetbikes used to fly over and do loads of damage on the flyover but i've always liked that mechanic i like to think that i think it'd be really cool if you could um model them um, instead of having the Hellglaive, you could give them like the Star Bowlers from the Harlequin kit. So they're like lobbing like Star Bowlers, but with Haywire grenades attached. So that, and that's how they do their their mortal wounds, the vehicles and stuff. They just have these like, kind of like bowlers of, of Haywire grenades that they lob at vehicles as they move around. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I I also see them like that. Like they have like this like slingshot of like grenade like Haywire grenades, and as they fly by, they like unleash the pulse and then drop them. That'd be cool. Yeah, really good idea, mate. I really like it. I was going to ask a very similar question about how you'd model them, but I think, yeah, the star bonus sort of idea is super, super cool. Um, I'll take you through my first one. So um, we'll keep the witch cult theme going. And I've gone for something which is, I want to say boring. It's almost a little obvious where Games Workshop seems to give every Eldari sub-faction a double bike. Um, a bike with a rider and a gunner on the back. So um, I found it really hard to name name them. So I've had to borrow uh, the name of the old um, Blood Bride Succubus for the Siren. So these are currently Sirens. Uh, so the Witch Bikes, Movement 16, um, Weapon Skill, Bliss Skill 3 Plus, Strength 3, Toughness 4, 3 wins each, 4 Attack, Leadership 8, and a 4 Plus Save. So for the range weaponry, I've gone for Splinter Cannons. Now, I've been looking at the different, the Sky Weavers and the Shroud Runners to sort of find a bit of a sweet middle ground. There's not always like two range weapon options. So just going for Splinter Cannons with them. And then they have Hellglaives or dual Hecatari Blades. So taking some inspiration from the Shade Runner from the Corsair Warband, because uh, they have really nice extra attacks and sort of high AP with the Hecatari Blades. So the idea is you can either have more attacks with higher AP or stronger attacks with double damage. Um, now these guys and girls would be cool, have blade artists, combat drugs, um, ideas potentially to have eviscerated flyby built in or potential to do uh, D3 when they pass over, have hit and run and a few working ideas for minus one to hit naturally on them uh, and potentially for a 12 inch advance rather than an auto six advance. Uh, guys, would you run these if these were an option for you? Yeah, I think I would. They sound they sound pretty cool, and I, I always like the idea of like like new units like this. Which is why I was really like excited to hear your guys' thoughts on all these. But I think that would be a really nice upgrade, and we could definitely see it running in um, in like Drakara list, especially for like. Um, so, how many points upgrade was it? 
Uh, gone for a sort of 45 points. I think I found it hard to balance the points myself, and I think something that's really important if you ever des design your own sort of upgrades and units is try not to like make them too good or like make them like amazing at things. Like there's a few um, ideas coming up for myself where like there's a few cons. Like if you take them, because I think uh, things shouldn't be perfect, otherwise they're too good. Although we we do know Games Workshop likes to you know sort of release some things which are too good. But we're going to try and nerf them ourselves before they need the nerf bat. I would 1000% run these, mate. They are—they sound like beefed up Reaver jet bikes, and I love Reaver jet bikes, so I would definitely have a whole load of them in my list. I think one of my ideas was to have like a gun gun platform Venom, um, which this would kind of take the part of, where you have like instead of having a transport capacity, you have um, like just he more heavy weapons. But this is like a lovely blend of having like the similar sort of firepower to a Reaver, uh, to a Venom, but also some like real good melee threat as well. Um, so yeah, I would definitely run a unit like this because I think it'd be really, really cool. And I love jet bikes, so yeah, lovely idea. That their name has just come to me. I think they should be Hecatari Sky Chariots. What do you think, guys? Love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers, uh, George. What is your next one, sir? Uh, so mine's, uh, my next one's not like a new unit, but um, uh, a redo of the way it works. So uh, we all know that one of the weakest units in our book or the most looked over units in our books are the beasts, um, because um, it's not that they're necessarily bad. They're just not as uh, viable as other options within the book. Um, but I think it's one of those one of those units that you could almost indefinitely expand um so for me i would change the actual rules to the beastmaster um and make him um not necessarily better um uh, but more um uh have a bit more flavor to him so um i thought of an idea of having because we've seen in like the horus heresy stuff that's come out that there are like certain factions like i know alpha legion can take units from other books um and i quite like that idea um, and I thought with like a Beastmaster, the whole point of him is he goes out and he captures exotic beasts from around the galaxy and then brings them back to the arenas to fight the witches and everything or prisoners or slaves or whatever. So I like the idea of having if you have a Beastmaster in your army, you could pick any beast unit from any codex and put it in your army. Um, but the caveat of that is that the Beastmaster has to remain within six inches. You obviously don't get any bonus rules for like, I don't know, like faction bonuses or anything for that unit you just get the core data slate um, but you can bring that into your army um, but the beastmaster has to stay within six inches of them at all times and if at any point the beastmaster dies um then that uh, that animal that, that beast unit would like become enraged be removed from the board but then do like a certain amount of mortal wounds on like all units within like three inches of them um to indicate that they've like just gone mental and just killed anything in sight before they before they ran away um, but I thought that would be really interesting just to like have a bit of flavour in the army and just bring other units from other codexes in and create like really great modelling opportunities of like enslaved beasts that you just bring from other armies into yours. Yeah man, that's cool. I think Beastmasters are vastly underrepresented in the lore and the tabletop at the moment. Um, cults like the Seventh Way sort of enslaving Tyranids, there's, there's so many like great examples of beasts again you know i've i think i've spoken about like retro beasts before how like you know the denarian claude fiend has seen first and further this year and the razor wing is in rogue trader and like there's a, there's a rich part of 40k in the dark elder beasts 
Um, so I think anything which makes the Beastmasters and more Dark Elder Beasties, the better for me. I also agree. I think that's that's a really cool way of doing it because there's so many different beasts in all of the different codexes that you, why could you not have, have them? I mean, I could see him entrapping a chaos demon with like a special necklace that he's made so he can't, the demon can't escape the warp and you know, I, th I think that's really cool. I think that's really, really cool. I really like that idea. Um, and it's great for conversion opportunities as well, because you could, there might even be like some custom ones where you, where like you roll random stuff and like, almost like Chaos Spawn, who are also beasts actually. So you could have some Chaos Spawn. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked through every codex and seen what beasts there are, but um, I mean, yeah, like you said, Paulie, you can liken it to, um, there's so much lore of, like captured gene sealer broods or um yeah i mean even like you look at like, the warp fiends themselves are like half demonic half not like night living nightmares so why can't i go out and capture a bunch of like corn flesh hounds for instance or um seekers of slanesh or whatever and then um, put them in or for me like particularly because i collect space wolves as well like having just a massive unit of fenrisian wolves because why wouldn't Beastmasters go to Fenris? In fact, there is even a story. If you read the the Lucas the Trickster book, like the Dark Elder do actually invade Fenris. So why wouldn't Beastmasters just capture a bunch of Fenrisian wolves to bring back to the back to the arenas and then take them somewhere else and introduce the rest of the galaxy? It's it's all just one big contract exchange program for Comorans, I think. I was going to say, George, there's there's no wolves on Fenris. Oh yeah, there's no wolves. <laughs> it's true, there's not. Okay, so um, mutated abhumans. Uh, that res strongly resemble wolves on Fenris um, might be uh, might be good to have in your in your Camoran raid. Um, but that's it for my second one. So uh, we'll go back to Dom. Dom, what's uh, what's your next one? Well, keeping with the trend of the beasts, actually, uh, I also think the beasts need some love, and I think there's a lot of cool things we can add. And I like the idea because there's so many stratagems, like we're going to get nerfed big time with how many we can use in the game. I kind of went for like a, a, an upgrade to the Chimera. And I think this is really cool. So they're, they're called Warped Beasts, Experimental. Um, and then the upgrade is the Experimental um, Stimmed Beasts. And what it is is two point upgrade. And it comes with a one-point stratagem as well, especially for them. So all, all the upgrade gives them is uh, a four-plus invulnerable save, and you get a six-up Fenopain versus Mortals. Quite nice, okay. But then what the uh, what the stratagem is is you pay one CP, and then that uh, that squad, uh, if you like to call it that, um, uh, gets extra two AP and they get the blade artist ability so i think that's something nice i mean it's 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 definitely not overpowered but it definitely makes them a bit more interesting to take because like paulie was saying i don't want to like break them or anything like that but an extra two points to give them a four person one save and six up versus mortals would make make the chimera a bit more interesting to kind of play with and then to make him a bit more damaging in some situations you pop your one cp and uh, maybe you get get some some few lucky hits in there i was i was thinking that you could up the squad size a bit um to make it a bit more worth it but then if you're saying you can run squads of like 10 or 20 of them 
that that one CP strategy just gets out of hand. So I'd like to just keep it as as the small squad size, and if if you need it, there's your your little stratagem. So that's the warp the warped beasts with the experimental stimmed beast stratagem, um, and their their ability, which is the two point upgrade, is the hyper aggression aggression, which is four plus environment and the six up against mortals. Make make beasts great again. I love it. Sell it to me, Don. What what does it look like? How's the kit coming? What's the options? So it's it's basically like the like a better version of what the Chimera look at the moment. I've always liked the idea. If you know, have you ever seen the uh, Resident Evil films where they've got those beasts in? Yeah, yeah, those. They're um, basically exactly like them, but with like a few kind of like artistic choices, maybe like um, they have like a second head on the ed- like end of a tail or something like that. But um, that's kind of what they look like. And I, I think the I think the warp beast would be really cool um, as like a, a bigger version of the Chimera. Um, and because it inspired me like via the um, the new cultist um, spawn that are coming out. And I was just like, well, why can't we just have more grotesque versions of of Chimera? Like, they're the, they're the unit that probably suffers the most, them and Clawed Fiends. Like, let's let's just make a bigger version that someone's like been like like putting hyper hyper aggressive um, stims in to make him a bit more tanky. Definitely, Mate, I, yeah, I think it's a really good idea. Um... I mean, going back to like unit size. I mean, back in back in back in Murder, um, used to be able to have beast pass, beast packs in like squads of thirty. Back in finishing with beast star and stuff, that was crazy. Um, which is why I've got like sixty um, flesh hounds that I used. I used to use as my chimera. But um, yeah, like I think um, having I think chimera in general, but all beasts need to be better. So if there's an upgrade option, like if they bring out a supplement or something, so you can spend a bit of points and they get bonus rules, is is a win in my book because any excuse to make me put them on the board um, and have them actually be relatively effective um, will be nice because I, I think like the, the beast is one of the things that sets us apart from like the other Eldar factions and it'll be good to flesh that out a bit more. Sure, that, that's really important to me because every time I look at, you know, would, would I ally in the Harlequins? Would I like, you know, even move to Craft Worlds? I always look at stuff like the Court of the Archon and you know the witch cult like you know the gladiators and just like you know i'm sure it's something we touched upon so much but it's just the sheer variety of like not just tabletop options but the the law and um modeling opportunities that dark out to give you like there's just so much so much you can do uh, i think it is me next so we're going to go to my second choice and i'm going to take us deep underground into the chambers of the homunculi um now originally I wasn't really going to do anything Coven because I think the most obvious answer to do for Coven is a big Coven beastie. And you know what, if they did that, I think it would be really cool. Um, but I've gone for something Coven. I've gone for something which is slightly big. Um, it's not an add-on kit. It's just a large Coven vehicle. It is called the Desiccator. So the idea for this, it's similar to the Raider chassis. Um, but almost like imagine that kit bash with like, you know, imagine coven bits around it. It's almost like actually, you know, is the, you know, is the chassis of the vehicle alive? You know, what's it sustained by? You know, there's loads of like drug tanks around and a motley crew of racks and maybe homoxites on the back. So um, similar-ish to like a Ravager stat line. It's a 14 inch movement, 
Weapon skill four, but skill three. Uh, strength six. Toughness seven, look on four, 12 wounds. I think it needs a bit of survivability. Uh, five attacks, leadership eight, and a save of three plus. So I went for some special weapons. I've really sort of worked out their stats, but I wanted to go for some nods to some of the um, the covens of weapons. Gone for a hex lance. Uh, so that's going to sort of you know turn you into uh, to glass, hopefully a glass plague, uh, and the shatter cannon as well. A bit of a nod to the, the old shatter shard there. Um, you can equip it with a two liquefiers or ossifactors. Uh, potentially a hex rifle. I was thinking um, the blade veins and a rat crew um, who would give it an additional six attacks as well. So a little bit tasty. I guess it's almost a bit of like a not homage to the kill rig, uh, but I do quite like the idea, and I've always wanted to see more. Dark Elder vehicles with sort of crew and their rules built into it. Um, this could transport 11 Coven's uh, models. Uh, it's got Insensible to Pain, Blade Artists. Um, and the idea is it resurrects D3 racks per command phase, similar to the Twisted Animator rule, and it improves the toughness of racks when free. So again, I wanted to steer away from it increasing everything that's Coven, uh, make it focus on the racks, otherwise, you know, it's, the idea is it's there to resurrect uh, the racks, not grotesques. Um, and again, it's, it's probably... I don't know if that's too good, but I think I think it would be good. But you know, anything could have amazing rules, but as long as it's pointed appropriately. But I was thinking around, uh, I don't know, one seventy. But I don't know if that's too expensive. But what's your, what's your thoughts, guys? Ah, oh, I want that in our rules. It's so good. That would be so cool. The conversion, like stuff on that as well. Like if it's like a double stack, so it increases the toughness of uh, like supports racks, and then you get the toughness bonus, and then the homunculus comes in, bringing up racks for twist and reanimator. Like it's it's actually really cool, and it would be amazing in the uh, the new supplement as well. Um, I really like it. I, I like the idea of like you be able to give it actual like coven guns, um, and it actually be quite a useful. Like, like, almost, almost, almost reminds me of like the Turvagon for for the Tyranids, where it's this big, like, imposing, like, I guess, like, bio tank, but it's also like regenerating things, it's like buffing things, and also has some offensive output, which is really cool. Uh, I would imagine it would have to be very, very slow, um, so it would maybe move only six inches or something like that, just so it's like this big, heavy thing, like almost like a like a parasite engine at the same time so i think i think it's really cool um i really like the idea of this poly yeah but i think it's a quality idea i'm, I'm picturing more like um almost like a uh drakari version of the catacomb command barge where you have like a homunculus surrounded by a bunch of homoxides on a sort of barge-esque type thing that moves slowly and um buffs and puts his auras out and buffs everything around him i think that would be really cool i really love the idea of um coven weapons being like put into heavy mode because i mean the coven basically are the are the technologists of Komora. they 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 design all the weapons essentially they're like the poison crafters and the um that's why you have like dark technomancers in the lore is they're basically like the the homunculi covens that experiment with the most esoteric like energy um, energies of the galaxy so they kind of uh, they're the weapon experimenters and they just give their weapon experiments to their little uh, entourages to try them out before they sell them to the highest bidders so um, yeah I really like that idea and a common vehicle is cool novel uh, we haven't really got one because um, I mean I know the the Reaper and the and the Tantalus and our transports can be common but they're not really typically seen as common vehicles um, so yeah having a purely common vehicle like that would be a really cool addition 
Cheers, mate. Yeah, when when I was working on the idea, there was a few times I looked at the idea whether it could upgrade or just have a homunculus on it. But then I was like, you know, if it's like a homunculus on this, you know, you know, big barge which can do all this stuff, um, is it going to be too good? So that's why I you know, kept the homunculus away from it. But um, I think it's interesting. That's, that's my barge idea. It did originate from, it was going to be like a big barge. It's going to be a Corsair barge. And I was like, do you know what? Let's do something funky for coffee. So there we go. That is the desiccator. Uh, George, do you want to take us through your last one, please? So um, this one's my favorite. I'm going to stick with the covens because, you know, the, this section's called Flesh Crafters. So let's stick with the Flesh Crafters. So, um, for a while now, I think I've mentioned it in previous episodes, I one of our weaknesses of the army in general is we've got no psychic defense or anti-psychic units. Um, and I think that could be um, not like change, but we could have at least an option to deal with heavy psychic armies or to at least um, have a fight against them. Um, but also in the lore, there was um, particularly with the um, build up to the Gathering Storm, um, and the, the Cicatrix Maledictum breaking the universe in half um, and the Psychic Awakening event, um, there's a lot of more Psychic activity and uh, part of the lore was that um, Vect and others uh, were starting to um, collect and imprison lots of um, Psychic Nulls. So for those of you who don't know, they are um, humans and other and some Xenos life forms that have a what's called the pariah gene and that makes them a complete psychic blank within the warp so uh, when they're um, near anyone um, they have this kind of presence of sucking people's souls or feeling like they're sucking people's souls and they they're completely inert to any kind of warp craft um, and it's a genetic um, abnormality um, but as we know homunculi are master geneticists so it's always baffled me why like if they have this kind of really unique gene um and really unique specimens that would be relatively easy for them to collect why would they not go out and collect those harvest the relative genetic material and then experiment with it so um my unit is a uh, another form of grotesque and i'm going to call them aberrations um, and they're going to be kind of like a shooty slash anti-psycho grotesque. So um, they'll be a similar profile to grotesques where like toughness five, strength five, like four wounds, they feel no pain. Um, but I want them to have like rules where um, they're invulnerable so you can get better if they kill things with their with their guns. So as if they're like sucking the life force out of them and it's like empowering them. Um, I thought that would be a really cool effect. Um, and the rules I want them to have is similar to that, taking some uh, cues from the kind of like Collectors Assassins or the Sisters of Battle, uh, Sisters of Silence, sorry, from Custodies, where they have a um, psychic abomination rule where, so uh, if you're within 12 inches of them, you're minus two leadership and your psychic tests are minus two to cast. So it makes it harder to cast when you're near them. Um, because they've got the prior gene, you wouldn't be able to target them on psychic powers at all. Um, it also means they wouldn't be able to benefit from them, but that's not really a big deal for us because we don't have any psychers. Um, but I thought for weapons-wise, their melee weapon could be, uh, you could just keep them with the flesh gauntlet. I think they would probably only have like three attacks. I don't want these guys to be like melee powerhouses like grotesques are. Um, but their gun, I wanted to be, I'll just say like the, the profile and it'll probably make Dom go lose his mind, but I want them to be like a flamer template that would be AP3, possibly even AP4. Um, damage, one, but cause additional... Uh, well, it could be damage two, actually. Yeah, I'm going to go damage two. Damage two, um, mortal wounds on sixes, but strength ten. Now, before you all go crazy and say, why are you giving these guys strength ten flamers? I'm nicking 
the neural shredders from the Calidus Assassin. So instead of rolling against your opponent's toughness, these guys roll against your opponent's leadership value because they're attacking like that that opponent's like brain rather than their actual like physical form. They're just sucking the life essence out of that out of that opponent. Um, so I want them to be really shooty. Um, they could be damage one or damage two, or you could like nick from the Chronos of like if like sixes to wound become damage two or something like that. Obviously, you probably have to say they don't benefit from dark technomancers because that would be completely broken but i really like the idea of these guys like sucking the life force out of things and just being a complete like null of life force and life energy and psychic energy um and killing through like yeah sucking the life force out of things and when they do destroy a unit you could like improve their invulnerable save by one for the remainder of the game um so they could like go up and become more durable if they do the damage they want to do um but also give us an option to um park like quite tough durable grotesque s units in the middle of the board and create this kind of psychic null zone where if there are enemy psychers on the on the opponent's side it makes it harder for them to cast powers near them um i just thought that'd be really cool mate that is amazing could you imagine that dark tentamancers yeah, it'll nuts. be broke. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, you'd probably have to say it doesn't work on dark technomancers like liquefier guns. But, um, but yeah, like I just like the idea of having these uber flamers that eat wound off off leadership, um, rather than off toughness, um, which is why they're so damaging. But like, yeah. So really, the toughness. Is, so the strength ten is is simply just like it, it doesn't really matter. It's just there for like, a, oh my god, this is a strength ten flamer. But you, then you go, oh, but it's on your leadership. <laughs> yeah, so like that's is exactly how the um, the Caladus Assassin Neural Shredder works, which is a, a very unique gun that actually doesn't appear like anywhere else in the in like the law. I think it's like law wise, it's meant to be a Necron weapon or um, or formed from Necron technology, similar to their synaptic disintegrators that the um, Death Marks use. But um, there's no reason why other other armies wouldn't be able to have a similar sort of technology where it's just like. Uh, um, so it takes I'm taking that rule, but maybe it can work in a different way where it's just like they're just, yeah, as I said, like draining the life force from the thing they're targeting um, and empowering the, the sort of aber what I call them, aberrations um, to even stronger potential. Super cool, super cool. And again, um, I like the idea of you know, there's so much cool Drakari lore and Black Library fiction to draw inspiration from. Um, there's so, so many things like we haven't spoken about the. Um, What's uh, Vex Wraithguard guys called? Ah, oh, the Castigators. Yeah, that's it. Like, there's yeah. so many cool units which could... they, they were they were on my list, but they're kind of already in. They're kind of already in the narrative, so to speak. They're in, in yeah. the canon, aren't they? But they're just. Um, you probably. I don't know if you've read the books, Dom, but the Castigators are. Um, what do you say they are, Paul? Like uh, they're they're wraith constructs, but the souls that embody the wraith constructs have been tortured beyond belief. So oh yeah, they're, they're just awesome. completely insane, but trapped inside a wraith construct. Really cool. And again, if you're getting into Jakari or you haven't read it, the the Path of the Dark Elder series by Andy Chambers. So it goes Path of the Renegade, Path of the Incubus, and Path of the Archon. Um, they're phenomenal. It's, I think it's quite hard to get paper copies, but you can download them from Black Library, I believe. Um, and they are really good reads. If you um, a Drakari fan in any sort of way, I would definitely look at getting into those. Yep. Um, so that's it. Yeah. And I think it's quite actually. I just recently finished reading the Rift War um, 
supplement, and there is actually a section in that that discusses what uh, Urian Rakoth is up to. Um, and he does actually use, he, basically, he um, he makes a bet with his fellow homunculi to, um, uh, he, he basically pays a bet that he can make an entire planet of humans willingly walk into Komora. And he does it by uh, using uh, um, various specially designed Kronos that have got the pariah gene in them. And he creates like a null zone around the planet so any messages can't get out of the planet. Um, so the people trapped inside are like really desperate. And then he detours an orc, um, an orc war, a small orc war onto the planet. Um, so the orcs start laying waste to this planet and the planet can't get any reinforcements. And then he um, and various people that help him go onto the planet and act as saviors for the humans. Um, don't kill any of the humans, but kill all the orcs. Um, but not quite enough of them to like save them. And then Urian comes at like the last moment, offers them um, safe passage <laughs> through the webway or onto his transports to um, survive the orc attacks. Um, and basically like billions of people just willingly walk through webway portals or walk onto his raiders and uh, get taken back to Kimura and then realize to their horror the grave mistake they made <laughs> afterwards. So I thought that was a really cool thing. But the fact that like, in the, there's actually in like the current law of um, homunculi commons using um, like pariah genes to make new constructs um, spurred me on that I might be going down the right path and we might hopefully, fingers crossed, see something like that down the road. Um, but that's my third one. So Dom, take us through your third one, mate. The third and final one. Yes. I also think that's a really funny story about uh, the coven. I love stuff like that, where they do cultural exchanges and just like, ah, oh, come with us, you will uh, be safe. And then they enter the webway, suddenly realize just like that Tau, um, just like the Tau stealth suit, that they have made a big mistake. <laughs> I love that sort of stuff. But this is my final one. And uh, it is the scourge unit because i feel they also need a help but i don't like how um how kind of the weapon options are done at the moment and it's very very much inspired by the uh, the new stratagems and george's secret source that he kind of told us um in the last episode so this is this is an upgrade to the scourge unit and all it is is a single point extra per um, per um, scourge, because I think they're I think they're fine as they are, and I don't think that this breaks them at all because of sweeping hawks, and I'm basically copying the sweeping hawks because I think I think the uh, scourge would do a great job with their weapons. So I'm calling this unit the and you can only have one, and they are capped at ten man sizes. So no that no like big squads or anything like that. So they're called the the black pinion. And what it is, is a group of Scourge who are the wealthiest, wealthiest of all of the Scourge. And they spend a lot of their time uh, with all of their winnings that they, that they make from bets in, bets in the uh, arenas or taking, um, taking high-value high targets out. The, the Black Pinions, they, they, it's, it's just a single point upgrade. And what this gives them is a keyword which is potent toxins, okay? What that does, it gives them plus one to wound with uh, their their poison weapons. So their poison weapons are wound on threes. They still have the exact same amount of shots, but what I'm gonna give them is a slightly different weapon, okay? So this is, so at the moment it's a shard carbine 
and then this this is a shard repeater so the shard repeater is has the rapid fire keyword but i'm gonna give I, i'm gonna give them something else so it's rapid fire then they're also wounding with a plus one to wound but they're gonna auto wound you on sixes and every time they auto wound you on sixes they get to increase the ap of the weapon by one and i think that's pretty tasty that's a cool idea mate i think it's um yeah like you said i can see you taking the inspiration from the old um old swooping hawks but um i think that's perfectly fine like because they are essentially our version of swooping hawks just not as um dedicated i think like it's, it's a shame really with the scourge because they're a really interesting and like iconic unit but they just don't play the way that they should um like for what is essentially our heavy weapons team but they don't actually shoot that well which doesn't make any sense really um but oh, yeah any, uh... anything to buff them up it would be great and and i said like strat support are um i mean our strats aren't like the best we've seen anyway but the fact that like all of our blades for hire there's like basically zero strats that interact with them specifically is a shame and a missed opportunity as well i think so it'd be nice to see like strats that would allow scourge to do what the sweeping hawks do for instance like shoot and then move and like deep strike somewhere else like or um, mm. give them some tactical options but um yeah good stuff mate any upgrade again upgrade units good things yeah definitely because uh, the way I, I i look at swooping hawks and then i look at i look at our scourge and i just think why can't we do stuff like that like, why can't they just like hover above the battlefield shooting all of their their the heavy weapons and then flying off but what i really wanted is volume of shots because we don't really have that in our army we have volume of attacks but we don't really we either have like loads of heat lances loads of dark lances all that sort of stuff but we never really have like the like the mass shots so i really like the idea of like the auto wound and sixes helps us out like dramatically um on uh, and i also like how it's an extra ap which makes it a little a little tastier it's not game breaking at all which is great but it just it just gives this, us another utility upgrade to the scourge yeah for me i think it's important that it's not game breaking and again scourges are awesome um and yeah i think i'm going to echo george's thoughts that they've really falling quite far from the tree like where they first came out i remember when when they first dropped and you know they're, they're quite heavy looking um you know their dark lances and splinter cannons but i think 40k has moved on a lot since then and i think yeah i'd like to see these dark pinion ideas or even sort of them sort of replacing how the scourges sort of feel and look and then actually going for like an even heavier sort of scourge if space marines can keep you know churning out all these different like heavy varieties of flying guys i'm sure uh Drakari could as well Yeah, definitely, mate. I think, um, yeah, it'd just be good. But um, going back to one of the things you said about the um, pluses to wound and stuff, I actually think like a bit of a bit of a tangent. But I mean, one of the things I think I'm looking forward to when when we eventually get round to getting a new codex back in probably tenth like tenth edition when that come whenever that comes out, is ways to improve our splinter weapons because our splinter weapons. I, I I don't think I'm alone here, guys, but our splinter weapons are pretty rubbish when it as it as it comes when you compare them to other kind of small arms baseline weapons like our splinter weapons are not particularly good i've always thought like the the flat wound profile is like nice but then when you're shooting targets that are like meant to be your ideal target a lot of the time it becomes a hindrance like 
and I've always thought it'd be better to have like our poison weapons have have a strength value, which is great. Like have have splinter rifles at strength like four, have splinter cannons at strength five, um, but have like a rule where they either either auto wound on sixes, or I think I would prefer them to um, if they're shooting a non vehicles, they get plus one to wound. So a lot of the time you're still going to be wounding like monsters on fours, um, which used to be a huge deal when monsters only had like. A handful of wounds but now monsters are rocking around with like 12 like 18 wounds a piece like little splinter rifle shots aren't going to do a lot of damage to them but um now it's i just feel the pain so much when you when you're shooting like splinter cannons into guardsmen and you're still wounding them on fours and it's like you compare that to kind of like shuriken cannons or heavy bolters or um even like basically any gun a towel has and they're wounding everything on like threes and twos um, I just think like it's a bit of a shame for our splinter weapons to be that meager against what should be their ideal targets. Um, so if you're listening, GW, and I know you are, <laughs> like yeah, make our splinter rifles or splinter weapons better because they at the moment they kind of suck. So that's uh, that's your third one then, Dom. Um, let's go. Let's go to the Sky Serpent himself. Is this your final one, mate? It is my final one. Um, I literally could have done this all day. I thought about the idea of. A new addition to the Court of the Archon, uh, Back to the Beasts, uh, an old campaign of mine was make the Amble Drakari. I think the Amble uh, would be a phenomenal Drakari beast. Um, definitely lots of like ideas about Corsairs, about whether they'd have sort of like skiffs or uh, their own sort of flyer, or um, maybe sort of taking part of the units and making them bigger. So like the Shade Runner, uh, make him as like a unit of Shade Runners. I think that'd be quite nice. I think there's lots of options and ideas there, and then. Um, I looked at bigger barges, like a big sort of Forge World, like, you know, I've always said, like, if Forge World released a £500 Drakari barge, I would buy three. I'd, I'd just be there like a shot. Um, but I started thinking about reimagining, and then you're going you're gonna to kill me for this, but um, there, there's someone who, uh, who means a lot to me, and, um, you know, he, he's led my army for a very long time, and I think it'd be very, very remiss if I did not give updated rules. So Duke Sliskis the Serpent. So Duke is back and here's- Oh no, he's done it. Oh God. Oh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> God's sake. He did this on purpose. He made this section just uh, to do this. Do you know <laughs> on Duke's life, no, on my life, right? Like, I, I actually didn't, but it was, and I, I did the um, the bikes first and my first idea, then I came onto the barge and I was like, should I do a Cabal one? Should I do a Corsair one? I was like, let's just do Duke because I, I have to do Duke. You know, he's awesome. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, no, 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 no. So Duke Sliskus, to anyone who's not listening, uh, he was one of the new special characters. There's a wave of special characters. He joined uh, Dark Elder in 2010 and then in 2014, uh, several characters. I think we lost about what, four or five. They all went missing um, in the next codex and never came back. Um, but he, he's awesome. He's like a Corsair um, Archon who steals things from them. And he's he's almost like um, Ziggy Stardust in, in space. He never wears the same thing twice. He's what they call him, despicable or moral. Uh, you know, great sense of fashion. Uh, always like, you know, eats poison. And he, he's just he's just mad. He's a, a mad lad, as they would say. Um, so he, he has some pretty good rules. Um, back in in fifth edition and I've essentially taken a lot of cues from those and reimagined them. So before him and the Baron had this weird like lesser Archon stat line. So none of that this time. He's got a proper Archon stat line. I'm not going to read it out, but it's got all the full trappings of that. 
Uh, in terms of equipment, he has a blast pistol like he always had, a shadow field. He has combat drugs because he always had combat drugs back when Archons used to have them. Um, and he has the Serpent's Bite, which is his twin Venom Blades. Now, back in the day, um, twos uh, to wound and fives would ignore armor. So for me, that would translate uh, that five plus to wound would be minus three um, or minus four, potentially ignoring Blade Artist or maybe it'd be Blade Artist triggers on you know five up and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Similar to Blood Brides, but I wanted to get that in there. Um, so I've gone for a few special rules for him. That, that's his relic, by the way. Um, his warlord trait, if he was to have one, would be Hatred Eternal. I know Drazar has that from the Codex, but uh, for me, for Duke, he hates everyone. Uh, so it's a special rule, popular figure. Uh, this is like his own special one, as I think it needs something similar for um, the Ninth Edition. Uh, he can be included in Cabal Witch Detachments and not Break Obsessions, uh, but no other Archon may be included in this detachment. So he's, uh, you know, He's a Sky Serpent. He is the Sky Serpent. Um, there's no sort of special rule for them, but it, you know, it's similar in vain to a lot of special characters in Ninth Edition, where they can be from you know a different chapter, a different clan, but then they can go into a different one and not break anything. Um, also, auras didn't exist back then, so I've gone for an aura. I'm not sure if it's too good, uh, but Rira ones for Cabal witches and corsairs. Um, I think it's slightly interesting. Again, I think a bit of playing to the corsairs is cool. Um, he has Serpent's Venom, so back in the day you were able to choose a unit of Warriors or Treeborn and give them 3 plus to wound. Uh, again, this is there, very similar. Uh, pick a unit of Warriors, Treeborn, including Court of the Archon, I thought the Slif might want to get in on the Jigs action. Um, and their splinter weapons become 3 plus poison. Uh, no, I know in modern codexes there's a, there's a points increase, isn't there, when you buff a unit? So uh, I'd assume there'd be some sort of um, points you know, increase for the unit, maybe 10 points or so. Uh, contraband, so this is really cool. So back in the day, you used to roll once for drugs and it apply across the whole um, army. And I think you used to, is it roll twice and you pick one of them? Um, so this for me is one of the hardest ones to balance. It does mean you're probably gonna have to want to lean into like a bit of a witch army. Uh, so for this, I was still looking at rolling uh, two dice and choosing for um, the units potentially, something like that. Um, and then low orbit raid. So he used to have a cool rule where all your vehicles could deep strike for free. Um, so you used to have, to have to pay for for retrofire jets, which was like what Screaming Jets became. And now is like, is it Screaming Jets still? Is it Webway Portal? I, I can't remember now. Um, but essentially uh, changed that to mirror the Webway Portal strat. So uh, essentially if a, if a vehicle is um, chosen to use that strat, uh, then two additional vehicles can use it. And that that is Duke. So. Um, don't think he's, he's groundbreaking, but I think he'd be popular enough as a choice. And the model would just be, you know, I've always said when they release Duke, I'm going to get seven, and I'm going to have like, uh, you know, a different one for every sort of game or roll a dice. What's Duke wearing today? You know, Duke is boss. He's um, my favourite special character. Uh, really cool. And that is what it would look like reimagined in Night Edition. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be a design your own unit. A, a segment without the Duke appearing, would it? Like, but um, yeah, it's great. I think um, yeah, I'd love to see him. I mean, I'd love to see all our characters come back in some way. Um, it's such a shame that we lost. Was it like six characters or something silly? Uh, like, um, including Vex himself. Yeah, that's it. I think there's almost um, it's like a section of the future where we could go through them. Like, I think Lady Malice could be oh, really Lady cool. Malice, she was all really cool. Um, the Capitator, Kurdurak. He was awesome. Even um, 
what's the face? Corella de Vile, um, who was the leader of the, the Flayed Skull at the time, the Emasculators. Yeah. Uh, shocking model, but uh, there's definitely some like really cool um, ideas you could do. She had uh, like the blaze, didn't she, which would, like suck people's like you know uh, blood out of their veins and things. Yeah, she'd get she'd generate an extra attack for each model she killed, and it was uh, there was an infinite amount. Like cause I remember, I played a back when I was a kid, I played an apocalypse game, and back at the time, Paddy was collecting Drakari, um, and he used Corello Laval, and he was just mincing guardsmen all over the place with her. And she ended up with like 48 attacks or something silly towards the end of the game. And it was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but, it was, yeah. um, was it? Chris Fitzpatrick, I think. I'm not sure if it's him or Gary Morley, but uh, there's quite a lot of hit or miss uh, sculpts back in the day. Uh, and this particular sculpt, Google Corella Laval if, if, you, if you dare. Uh, but she wears a cat suit. And um, I know a lot of people would paint her in a, in a particular way. So. Um, yeah, if you Google, I'm sure a few NSFW searches will appear. But um, she'd be cool to, you know, come back. And um, who missed? Obviously, uh, Baron, Baron Sophonics, uh, you know, oh, one of the yeah. leader of the Hellions. He was awesome. We had what was it, Farseer bones, and he could sort of scry the future, and then everyone would be like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, you got Farseer plus stuff. Ones to, plus ones to go first roll, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was crazy good. Really, awesome. really good. Okay, uh, well, last. So that's it for our design designer unit section. Um, so ne- next section is uh, you guys discussing uh, a trip uh, a trip you both took to uh, to uh, Birmingham, was it it or Bristol? And that's it. I went to Birmingham. Went to the Birmingham Super Major. Um, I know Zach calls all of his things GTs, but this one was massive. It was, I believe, two hundred eighty-six players, um, and it was five rounds. Uh, again, with an optional further two rounds for the top four. Um, and it was another good event. I know um, if you tune into Dom's latest episode of Let's Talk Wargaming, he interviews Zach, who runs all these massive events in the UK. Um, and again, they're, they're really good. They're well attended, um, runs them across the country, uh, and really good terrain as well. You know what you're getting. Um, so it was five games. Should we, um, do you want to kick us off, Dom, with your first game? I'll tell you what, do you want to take us through your army list? We'll go through what we took very, very briefly, and then we'll go through the games. Yeah, sure. So I know I said I was going to be playing Drukari at my at the next event I um I was going to play at, but you know I didn't do that. I actually went for the probably the best combat elves in the game at the moment, and it's only because they are just so annoying to play against. And I think they they are the Drukari counter as well because you can't. If you play them well, you just can't beat them. Um, and the only way to kind of beat them is like the, the kind of the two meta builds at the moment, which is um, which is you know nids and um, like the the mass the mass shots, the masterful shots and um, hail of doom lists because just it's just like super tankiness is one, and then just massive amount of shots. So I I took the harlequins. I, I did it. I did it. I took the Harlequins and I went for Boo. dark. Yes, I went for the dark Harlequins. Boo. <laughs> and the dark Harlequins are fight on death for free. Every single unit when they die in combat and they get an extra AP. So the reason why this is good is because all of the Harlequins weapons are pretty much AP2. So that AP3 really is really good into Marines and it negates the armor contemporal, which is great. And then the fight and death means that if you want to be in combat, 
even if you charge me, I still fight, which is just so crazy good. And like in my last game when I was against Jakari, like I had, um, you know, I I like I was charged by grotesques. He killed like four of them, and then I, my my I popped some strats, and I killed the grotesque back. So it was it was quite it's quite interesting how it works. So I went for a shadow seer. Uh, who had an aura of five up for pain versus um, versus mortal wounds for everything with core, and then I had mirror of minds, which is the psychic power, which is basically you do like a smite and then you roll off, and uh, they have to beat your roll, um, not not draw, they have to beat it, and it can go up to six mortal wounds, and you just basically keep rolling until they beat you. Then the other one is fog of dreams, which is like which is a blessing, um, which is which is really good. Then I went for a troop master who is literally incredible, and I wish our succubus was this good. Um, he basically had uh, fractal storm, which I actually didn't use and forgot about it for the entire tournament. But it's the um, it's you can't reroll against him, which is nice. Um, and then he had foot in the future, which was um, basically when he charges, he he adds six inches to his charge range. So out of deep strike, he only needs a three inch charge from two dice. Um, and you can't really screen out a little, a little base like that. Um, and he also, on top of that, has uh, his advance is three plus D three, so minimum four, um, which is really, really good coming out of a transport because he goes eleven out of a transport plus minimum four, and then he gets six inches to his charge, so he goes the like the whole deployment zone like turn one. Um, then I had one, two, three, four five six squads of troops uh two basic with um with no upgrades just harlequin blades they're really good because they're ap2 and you get five attacks uh then i had two two squads with double melt uh, double fusion pistols and double um like mortal wound guns which are the neuro pistols and then an assortment of um two damage weapons so i can get the strats then the other one was the same but just didn't have the mortal wound guns because of points then we went on to the elites and then we went for the solitaire because you need a weight of attacks at two damage and he can turn off invuns and he's amazing um death jester just a cheap 55 point death jester he really makes you think about the um like shooting like like having characters about because it's three shots strength six ap2 and two damage sniper rifle but he on sixes is ap4 which is really good now this is the most op character next and it's a and it's an upgraded death jester this is why he is he is crazy okay so you you give him a warlord a warlord trait for one cp called the the player of dark okay which means every uh five and a six in your combat phase you do a mortal wound okay so remember that you do it do a mortal wound and he has five attacks okay so he's gonna do on average maybe two mortal wounds um then he has a rift ghoul upgrade which means in shooting and in combat a four plus is a mortal wound so now in, in I'll, I'll shoot you and I'll, on average we'll do like two mortal wounds then i charge in and then i do the two mortal wounds from the first from the what from the um uh the fives and sixes and then i also do the mortal wounds for the upgrade for the uh, rift ghoul on four fives and sixes so every four plus is one mortal wound but every five and six is two more wounds so on average you do seven mortal wounds okay from shooting and charging in 
then he has uh, he has the relic called the suit of the hidden knives and that is an extra three attacks and all you have to do is hit with them and then you, you do three mortal wounds pretty much because he hits on a two plus so that's 10 mortal wounds on average a turn from this one guy he is absolutely amazing for 75 points and he is he is like the star player um I'm gonna, and then i just I, then, then i just went with two squads of big haywire bikes uh, a squad of utility bikes just two of them with star bowlers and then four transports that's the list but can i just get your reaction on that death jester what do you guys think of that little mortal wound bomb right he's mad yeah, it's pretty crazy. I did see it a while ago, and I thought this—he uh, flew under the radar, didn't he? Because of uh, um, other stuff that could happen, like the Harvester of Torment one that could just get like nine or ten hits, like every single shooting phase. But um, he's a little—he's a little machine, isn't he? Because he's just an all-purpose tool where he can snipe characters, do damage to infantry, um, but also charge things and and do plenty of mortal wounds on the way. Which is, um, yeah, he's a, he's a great utility piece and. I love the Death Chester model, so like I've got no complaints. Yeah, like he's perfect for stuff which has like a two up in one, like an Archon. Could you just bypass it and just mortal them? Um, I did. I, I forgot to say the relic on the um, the Troop Master. He has a flat three damage AP three combat weapon, which rerolls um, the wounds, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that's the dark list. It's super fast and super like he wants to be in your face and all that sort of stuff and it scores really well on, on secondaries because i've got the shadow seer so i can do second interrogation i always take um the harlequin specific one which is you, there's four categories you could just got to do two of them a turn to get three points and then stranglehold is just so easy with this army um but that's my army what what was yours paulie so I took the Sky Serpents, um, and it's a list which was slightly modified from the last event, but it's pretty much the same list that I've been running uh, for most of the year. Um, so it is a Real Space Raid um, with a Bolted on Strife Patrol. Um, the possessions were Black Heart, Strife, and Prophets of Flesh. Um, whizzing through the units really quickly. Uh, a massive Court of the Archon, nine man, loved them. One of my favorite units. Um, dish out, you know, surprising amount of attacks. Um, they're, they're definitely hurt by armor contempt nowadays, uh, but I still find them really, really good. Um, Duke Sliscus is there, obviously, you know, with his current uh, you know, rules, as it were. Hatred Eternal and Jim Blade um, with a blast pistol. Love him, really good for just going to dice up um, units, uh, and is really influential in this event. Uh, a Master Homunculus, um, Duke is a Master Archon as well. The Master Homunculus has uh, the Vexator Mask, the Fight Last, Ignore Overwatch, and Twisted Animator so he can resurrect some racks. And I went for a Succubus. I don't use the Master Succubus, I've never used it, but you know what, I'm actually going to work into my list because there's a few circumstances of this event where actually I could have kept her a lot safer by using that. Um, and so she has Precision Blows and Triptych Whip, a uh, really nice combination. Uh, then going to the troops, I have 10 Hemoxites, um, there's an electro corrosive Whip there, um, and 3 Liquefire Guns, so it's quite a nice amount of shots. Uh, unit Trueborn, I still go with the Trueborn, they're to the last option, um, and I, I just find their, their firepower good. Um, I keep trying to drop them for a Ravager, but then you know it's a case of where well, you have to buy the, the Warriors, and I, I just quite like them, I think they work for me. Um, and then there is a unit of 8 racks with an Ossifactor. 
Uh, another two units of five racks with no upgrades at all. A unit of five witches with grave lotus. Uh, three grotesques. I did drop uh, one grotesque to bring in some more racks. I was, I was needing a few uh, more MSU racks, uh, obsec there. Um, five incubi with the demiclaves. Uh, six mandrakes uh, for the R&D goodness. Two units of five uh, hellions with adrenalite, a ravager. Um, two raiders, one is souped up slightly with grizzly trophies and the phantasm grenade launcher. Now, the reason for this with the grizzly trophies is this is where Drazar and the Incubi will ride. So ideally, if it's still alive, this will charge in to hopefully eat some overwatch, but also reduce the leadership of people. So when they're um, using their fight last ability, they can roll easily over the leadership. Uh, the phantasm grenade launcher is there to get that raider further, somewhere faster as well. Um, and again, Drazar, the master of blades, is there leading five witches again with grave lotus um the idea for the witches is one unit tends to go in the raider with the incubi and one unit always deep strikes i just always find this play where they'll come down and sometimes you know my opponent might be good at screening and other times they're not um and rounding it out is something which i love and i keep saying i just don't think i could drop and i don't think i could and it's the webway gate i just find it really really good really really useful and um yeah, definitely pertinent to my my army's performance so that is my list any thoughts on the list i know you guys have seen it for most this year what a part of rubbish i don't know mate. i don't know why you bother what sort of list is that a bunch of yeah. Drakari it's not harlequins is it it's not harlequins i think it's good it's it's, a, it's your sky serpent list and i think it's um it's been really interesting to see how it's like evolved um, over time with the meta and everything, you know, you've like put things in, taken stuff out, put things back in, like, um, yeah, I think it's good. And I think the because you've played the similar list for such a long time, your consistency is just going to be like right up there. You're, you're just going to be so consistent in the way you use it and the way you perform in every event. So that's that's a great, great way to play the game, in my opinion. Uh, cheers, Mark. I, I enjoy using it, and I think something where a lot of my opponents kept describing it as a toolbox army and you know it is because there's um it's almost highlander-esque isn't it there's lots of like you know obviously racks are spammed but there's lots of like random units in there which you know everyone's like what does that do what does this do and it's not about trying to catch people out but it's again different options um you know we'll probably go through some changes towards the end of the segment but uh, I, I do miss the reavers and um you know, for me, it's just all about wars in uh, Nephilim when that comes out, what's going to change. Um, but obviously, you know, until things change, then you, know, you stay with the meta as it is. So, okay, we're going to whiz through the games. Uh, game one was Abandoned Sanctuaries. Dom, who did you play? I had, I had an interesting one first round because I don't go through this really quickly because this is like the the most interesting one. Because I was actually supposed to play Tyranids and I had like game plan for this. And I was like, okay, I know what to do. I just basically stop him on primary and I should win because he just out, out like efficiencies me in mortal wound output and um, in shooting. So I just kind of had to do that. But uh, he didn't actually turn up. He didn't turn up. And uh, so I was just chatting with uh, Josh Tompkins, another Vanguard Tactics player. And he... Me and him were talking about it, and he he came over just like, oh yeah, I saw your list early, and I didn't, I really just didn't want to play you um, because, um, you know, 
like uh, we we talked through the list all this sort of stuff and i'm sure he'd be listening to this but um he was just like oh the matchup's hard for me because i've got all these storm bolters but you know you just cut through me with all the fight and death and i want to be in combat the whole time so it's gonna be a really difficult game um and then we walked over me he didn't have an opponent either we literally literally walked through everything with the matchup and we both agreed that it was a tough game for him and going first was key and we walked over to zach and zach goes uh, have you two not got games? And they were like, yeah, we haven't got games. And then he was just like, right, you play each other. And then he was just like, oh, for God's sake. And I was just like, of course, this is bad. Like, we've literally just talked the whole matchup out. Um, so I actually ended up playing Grey Knight. You play Mate, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. You dodged a humongous bullet in that first round matchup. Listeners, you don't know, obviously, we, 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 we Archons chat all the time. Um, like constantly about things like, like games we're playing, events we're going and stuff like that. Dom was bricking it when he pulled his first matchup. He was like, how the hell have I pulled this? What am I going to do against this? He was messaging Paddy. He was getting tips all over the place about what to do. It was a really, your first matchup was a really tough, like meta pick Tyranid list. And for him to not turn up and you get Grey Knights instead is one of the biggest bullet dodges I've seen ever. So, like, yeah, well, like, it was uh, it was quite funny when I, when I heard about it. So, well done on that. I don't know how you pulled it off. Um, if anyone knows uh, his uh, his first opponent by name, could you check that he's alive and not like dead in a ditch somewhere and mysteriously gone missing? Because um, I, I think speculations would arise. But, um... <laughs> I assassinated him. <laughs> he, he, he was running scared. <laughs> that's, that's what he was. He was like, no, not not the real space raider boy with his harlequin. No. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I um, I thought I I, I was I was I found it hilarious because we literally just talked through the entire matchup, um, and we deployed how it how it was supposed to be, and then we we did everything right. Then I obviously phantasmed because I got I got first turn. I phantasmed all my bikes to the side and I managed to kill turn one. I managed to kill 15 strike marine, uh, sorry, uh, interceptor marines. And on his home objective, where there was only a rhino and a character, um, five um, strike marines. So turn one, I killed like 20 of his obsec, um, of his obsec bodies and his movement capabilities. And he was only left after turn one with five strikes which were in the rhino a character and three dread knights then at the end of his turn because he had to deal with all those bikes which hadn't been wounded yet um he, i i actually ended up killing the rest of his obsec and the rest of his interceptors leaving him only with three dread knights a character and a rhino at the end of turn one and he looked at me and he goes wow i've never lost a game in t game turn one since since eighth edition so um yeah i literally managed to pick up everything that could hold objectives turn one in um and it was by far the most brutal game i've ever had in one turn um so yeah that was that was that and then i ended up you know um because of the secondaries i took um i i, I got max i could in that and uh, it was like 97 or 95 to like 50 something because I, I we talked it we talked it out and um and i wasn't gonna be like you get no points i made sure that he yeah like as we're talking i'd keep stuff alive that would get him points and and just do all that sort of stuff um but yeah that was game one i dodged a matter bullet went into gray knights we we already talked out the matchup and uh yeah it was it was an, an absolute butt kicking <laughs> 
So, if you were running Drakari, would you have felt any differently about that Grey Knight list? Or even the Tyranid list? Uh, yeah, I, I would... Yeah, the Grey Knight list is just a typical Grey Knight list, so it's just loads of Inceptors, loads of Dread Knights, loads of Strikes. Um, it's still a hard game for Drakari, but it's really winnable, but it's just a mass shots. Like, the reason why he won the first turn is so he could start killing all the bikes with, where, with his teleports. Um, so I got really lucky getting that first turn. I still think it was a, it was a, it was heavily in my favour, but the fact is that I killed all of, he, all of his maneuverability and he had to spend a whole turn killing the bikes, and then he he didn't do enough damage, so he had to charge in, and then because of the fight and death, I just picked up everything that that charged in, um, and the solitaire in my turn two uh, brought a uh, Grandmaster Dreadnought with a three up in bun down to two wounds. Um, which was which was interesting, um, but yeah, no. For for if for Jakari perspective, if you just got loads of incubi and grotesques, it's actually a good matchup uh, for us. So um, yeah, so that was that was game one. Paulie, what, who did you play game one? So I played against Death Guard, which was quite, I guess you call it an old-fashioned list. Um, it's not, you know, not got Matarian, but it's got, you know, a lot of the key sort of stuff in there. Um, only three characters, uh, two big blocks of Poxwalkers, uh, Blight Lures and Death Shrouds. Obviously, you know, you see a lot of Terminators now for Death Guard, now they're Obsec. Uh, two Contemptors, two Plague Burst Crawlers, so, you know, a reasonable amount of firepower. Um, a Fetid Bloat Drain, I think one of the Flesh Mirrors as well. So, uh, a nice, well-rounded list. And this is the mission where you can't deploy things in No Man's Land, so that the Webway Gate was a little bit redundant but i actually find I played this mission before with this terrain and actually it's quite nice where i can deploy it um so things fall out into like you know like the home base terrain like the big sort of uh, block of ruins so um it was an interesting game i took heard the prey because he wasn't that um wasn't very fast uh, r d every game i go r d um and if i really struggle for an idea i go for to the last and I do that quite a lot in my games, have quite a lot of success. And my two of the last options are the Court of the Archon, the Trueborn, and Drazar. Uh, and he went for Spread the Sickness, No Prisoners, and Assassinate. Um, I'll, I'll just go through the game very, very quickly um, in the sense that it was a bit of a fight in the middle. Um, from learning how to deal with resilient Terminators, I realized I need to sort of spring a bit of a trap. Um, it, it went into like a massive, massive punch up in the middle. Uh, I committed pretty much half my army into this. Draz and the Trueborn sort of stayed back, um, and the court as well hid. Um, and I was almost like rotating my army. So basically, things would fall out of the webway onto my home objective, and things which are on the home objective then push up into the middle. Um, and I shot all of the Death Shroud off in one round of shooting and charged into the Blight Lords, took out most of them. Um, a lot of things died in the sort of retaliation, but it, it was just a way of trying to sort of push my objectives. Um, I was only able to get four uh, points from the primaries um, in battle round two. He was able to get the mission one every single time. He, he got eight points every single um, round. He got 45 in his primary. Whereas I dropped in the second battle round uh, to four. Went up to 12 on um, battle round three again because witches just charged into you know, the home objective. Um, and again, I was getting a few strong eights. Uh, but I won this game. Um, where it was really close, really, really close. I think the score was 83-78 to me. Um, but where this was one on was he went assassinate, and I was like, I'm not going to give you my characters. Uh, I think the only one who got was a succubus. Um, and yeah, the, the homunculus um, stayed back. 
um, Duke stayed back. Um, it was just really, really important to, to try and breed that redundancy. And again, to the last, I maxed that on 15. Um, so the game was actually won on some Drakari shenanigans of moving raiders into um, into the webway, coming off the board and um, keeping away from my characters. So um, a really close game. And again, um, you know, I've never met Aaron before. Great guy. But there, there is... At the big events for 40k in the UK now, like the scenes come on so much, but there there is no easy game now. Like you'll see a random name, and um, they're probably good because people play a lot of 40k, and you know there'll, there'll be people who see our names who won't know who we are. You know, and it's I'm not expecting people to know that, um, but you know there'll be equally other people like you know with a, with a small podcast as it were, and like you know they'll be really good as well. Like lots of good matchups, but like Aaron was a really good player. Um, but it was really nice to start off with wins. I don't think I started off with a win at an event for quite a while. I think I've lost like, my first game, so it's nice to get that sort of confidence boost. Yeah, well done, mate. That's that's awesome. Death Guard are a, hard, are a tough fight. So I, I, I remember because I finished my game really early, I kept coming over and, and trying to math out what was going on, but I couldn't really work it out. And you had serious face on. And um, yeah, it, it, it looked like a really, really tough game. But you know, well done for kind of like clawing out the win there, because because you know, Death Guard aren't easy at all, at all. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, really well done, really well done. Um, so game two, this is we both come off a, come off a win, which is really good. Um, I managed to pull thousand suns, so lo- like the army was loads of terminators loads of spawn loads of soul reaper cannons everywhere and loads of characters um and i was I, i'm I, I i know thousand suns quite well because like my best mate sam plays plays them and you know jack from our club he he's a really really good player of thousand suns uh, and i played him be- uh, before as well so i i'm very well versed in the the art of bringing down um thousand suns or at least like playing them and he he the the player i was playing was um that anthony he he was he had never played harlequins before and he had all these questions being like so what so what what's your speed how fast you go all these sorts of stuff and after i told him how fast everything was he almost like made sure that he was an extra six inches away from the front line like game one they're like turn one um just in case i went first but he made a fatal error uh, because he was so scared at how quick everything was and all the damage and all the AP that he well, he actually got first turn and I play I deployed really aggressively. Um, he what he did was he just trundled his units up to the front line, and it was as if he hadn't really had a first turn because he didn't want to teleport stuff around because because he thought he would need it for later in the game. So he kind of just did the bare minimum to get to you know do his a couple of his secondaries. It kind of just stood in front of me. Um, and then, so Thousand Suns are always very hard to kill. But I'm turn one with the um, with my troop master. I managed to fling him across the board, and with a with a, with a quite long charge. It was like a 11 inch charge, but I had a plus six to my charge. So I managed to kill Araman, which had all of the psychic psychic abilities that like to do more wounds and everything. Uh, I managed to kill him turn one. I managed to kill one unit of spawn turn one and two units of um, two units of uh, soul soul reaper. Uh, infantry uh, squads and then I halved his terminators in turn one um, 
and move blocks his dreadnought that he had. So that because of his you know scared scaredness of the speed and just moving up to the the the, the deployment line, I I managed to capitalize on my quite aggressive deployment where I was just kind of deployed everything on the line, being like, yo, what can you do? Let's just see if you can kill everything. Because uh, I was quite confident with the no rerolls and minus one to hit that all the vehicles would be um, would be safe. So yeah, after the first after the first wave, it was he kind of just had to mop up one squad of bikes, the character and the stuff that was in combat with the spawn. I kind of set up everything for a second turn strike, and I pretty much spent two turns just mopping his army up, and it was brutal. And all of the fight and death, like he'd charge stuff, and then I would kill it. Like my, I managed to kill his dreadnought with just mortal wound pistols and fusion pistols which then blew up, killed one of his characters, and then that left a gap where I could charge two units of troop onto his home objective and take his obje- home objective for the rest of the game. He actually only ended up scoring uh, 28 points in the game, uh, plus 10 for painters to 38 points, when I kind of just did my game and managed... I didn't even, like, I didn't even think the solitaire even did anything um the mortal wound death jester finished off the terminator like like three terminators um with the help of um some mortal wound output from other um from strats but yeah it was uh, 95 again um 38 to 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 him but yeah just harlequins are just vicious into any sort of power armor i think yeah that sounds like a brutal game i'm gonna sort of mimic um Maybe Sky's question from the last time, if you took your Jakari, do you think it would have been as easy? Because I think um, with the armor contempt changes, Thousand Suns are, are jumping up the um, the peak, uh, jumping up the, the ladder, so to speak, of competitive armies, aren't they? They're quite tough to deal with, but it seems like uh, Harlequins have the answer, but do Jakari still have the answer? Um, you see, yeah, like, I actually think it's a really hard matchup for Jakari, um, Thousand Suns, because you don't have the speed the harlequins do and our basic troop are basically in- incubi and but it's with incubi with like fusion pistols to get rid of terminators and mortal wounds and stuff like that and we can turn off their invuns we can do mortal wounds when we attack it's just it, the, like if, if imagine having an entire army of just incubi at strength four um but we can get around that because we can you know do extra damage and all this sort of stuff like my troop went into some terminators just five troop and they picked up six terminators because we just i turned my attacks to mortal wounds and sixes and uh, three damage and he just failed to save and the mortal wounds just spiked and he just the terminator just like went in a flash um like it's definitely a win i'd say it's 50 50 for thousand suns and um drakari um, and Incubi are the answer, but it's uh, Harlequins have definitely got the advantage there because they're faster than Thousand Suns and they can just box you in. Um, and the fight and death is just horrendous. But um, yes, yeah, so that was game two, another 95. Uh, Paulie, what was your round two? George, what's your favourite army? Um, well, it's uh, Tau, obviously. They're the best, aren't they? They're so fun. Yeah, what do you not want to pick up in game two of a tournament? Tau. So I played the Tau Empire, but I played a really sort of weird off-meta Tau list. Again, doesn't mean it's going to be an easy game. Uh, but no battle suit in sight. Um, 
However, three hammerheads. Everyone likes three hammerheads. Thirty-six gun drones. Uh, like thirty fire warriors. Three pathfinder teams. Two lots of stealth suits. Loads of characters like two of the cold stars. So it was interesting. Really, really interesting. Now this game was Data Scry Salvage, um, and for me, this is the one where there's like the two sort of um, objectives and like the diagonal sort of corners. But these work really well for Webway Gate. This is probably the Webway Gate. Uh, it shines in this mission because there's not much terrain there. So it just means that as long as you've got, you know, MSU or things which you can throw away, which, you know, Dracaria 40 point units, they can do that with. I was able to keep sort of throwing units out onto there. Um, so for this, I took Engage, I took R&D and I took No Prisoners just because he had so many sort of uh, models. He went for Assassinate again. He went for Stranglehold. And um, I haven't written the name of it down, the aerospace one. It's really interesting. Like you put like a, a marker in the center of all the table edges and you have to go do um, an action there, but you can do it multiple times in the turn. Uh, and he did actually really well with that. Um, and Stranglehold, he did really, really well. Um, this was a game where I went first um, and I was like, okay, I don't think I want to move much. Uh, so I barely moved. And he was just like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm not moving. I'm not like letting you shoot me. It was a case of like Hellion sort of jumped around a bit um, to sort of prime some charges. Uh, so his first turn, he tried to sort of get some line of sight. Uh, I don't think he could really sort of shoot much. Um, and the second turn was where I was like, right, I need to go big or go home. Um, and I got some decent charges off, obviously, you know, advance and charge coming in to it. But I managed to sort of take like a ruin towards the center of the board. Um, and I got into his home objective. Um, the Hellions were fantastic. Like I think they must have advanced six, like, zoomed 20 inches um, or so across the board. Uh, got into his home objective. Uh, the Incubi sacrificed themselves as well. Uh, they ran out. Um, and I think the Incubi went through unit of fire warriors. The Hellions went through one of the units of drones. And the Hellions, I think, must have tagged like five different units because they're all clumped together. Um, and this is the one where you need to do the action on your home objective and the amount of um, objectives you have in no man's land you score, but you can't score if someone's on your home objective. So it's like, well, if there's a unit of Hellions there, then you know, you're not gonna be doing that, are you? So, um, you know, obviously the Hellions have then died to the hammerheads and it just sat there. And then um, the next turn, I, I did the same thing again. I was like, the Hellions are gonna just jump with your home objective, kill your stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I won the game pretty much via that uh, sort of trick where um, he didn't score primary until battle round four. Um, whereas I was, you know, getting 12 points in eights. Um, he didn't get assassinated. Again, I, I just guarded my characters really well. Um, and, you know, he, he, he put up a good fight, especially towards the end. Like, he was always going to get a 12 point uh, turn. And, you know, he got 12 on Stranglehold, did well in his aerospace. Um, but again, I by playing aggressively and but also keeping my characters back until I needed to, uh, one win the game. So it's always nice to taste victory against the Tau. Hey, Tau. Well done. <laughs> I just hate Tau. Ditto. Any any victory against the Tau is a, is a massive win in my book. So well played, mate. Um, and like you said, it's off meta, but I, I faced um, like triple hammerhead lists a while back, and that, that thing's still blooming brutal. Like if you get, if you get on the receiving end of that, they can just pick up like all your transports in a single turn, and that really hurts us. Yeah, re really good game. Really, really nice guy as well. Um, and I think it was a 83-62 victory for the Sky Serpent. So it's nice to get a win yeah, against the other the Fish Boys again. So um, 
so that was it. So again, both of us in two wins. It's quite nice. And going into the third game was conversion. Dom, what did you play in your final game of day one? So I think this was my hardest game in the entire weekend because uh, I, I played a really, really good player called uh, Chris uh, Chris Radford. Who's, he's like a known player at like Glasshammer Gaming and all that sort of stuff. And he's an absolutely insane um, Space Wolf player. And he was playing Space Wolves, but it was he had an almost entire combat army with a cut with three backed up by three dreadnoughts, the, the really tough redemptors with plasma and Gatling. So he was he was ready for it because he had loads of Wolfen which fought on death. He had every unit can heroic intervene, and his game plan was to keep in like a massive death ball, but just keep recycling little wolf units to get stranglehold every turn. Um, and it was he. We both just set up for a trade war, and that is exactly what we we did for the entire game. I took my normal secondaries as stranglehold, um, assassination, and uh, uh, deadly performance, um, and because I knew he needed the characters to basically keep him in the game. But the entire game, and I'm keeping this brief just because you know we like to keep these like under two hours, but. Um, we, we basically uh i went first and i got a first turn charge off like always with with harlequins um sacri- i had to base basically sacrifice two units to basically pull his army forwards um i managed to pick up wolfen wolfen sorry i managed to pick up incursors wolfen and uh, some vanguard vets and, and tag uh, two characters at the same time then in retaliation he picked up them and then put some units on his um, objective and then killed with assault incestors on the other objective where the incursors were. Then turn two, uh, he brought his, he um, he basically kept all his redemptors back, but he uh, then another, another squad of troops, uh, the solitaire went in. I basically had to trade my solitaire for his captain um, because I, I I couldn't have him around because he just had these amazing like buffs which were buffing everything up so I, I went for him um, my de- my mortal wound death jester went for his um, his chaplain on bike and then my uh, other death jester with some troop went for the assault incessors and then the end of my t- my my turn two I'd picked up it, all the squads that were near. Uh, one objective, which meant that he would have to overcommit to the bottom of the um, the bottom of the 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 map because I was already at the top, and um, and he and I basically was trying to almost like win the uh, the the attrition. I I try I got rid of his vanguard vets, I got rid of his speed, all this sorts of stuff. But like every time I charge, I kill stuff. Then he would fight on death and kill my stuff. Then he would charge me. I would die on, um, I'd die pretty easily because the weight of attacks, and then I would fight on death and then kill his stuff. So it was a very sort of like, I, he has to sacrifice units to kill mine, but then I kill him. Then I, I would do the exact same thing, but I just had a bit, a bit more of a spike within Vuns than he did. And after turn three, like I had a really lucky turn three where my, um, which was really funny. So Haywire bike shot into the. Um, Redemptor on an objective, which was the only um, one on an objective, uh, completely whiffed and did one wound. But then two fusion pistols got by, and I did 14 damage to um, in, with mortal wounds as well. Um, 14 damage to the Redemptor and blew it up there and there. And I was like, 
Someone a hundred point unit kills it, but then a three hundred and fifty point unit can't even do like two wounds. Um, and after he lost that dreadnought, shortly after, a few more fusion pistols went through and the already wounded dreadnought. And I basically popped the two dreadnoughts, which meant he could no longer get stranglehold for the rest of the game. Even though all of that happened and it kind of like one turn, like one player had more luck than the other, um, it still ended up as a super, super close game. I got 95, he got 70. And I was not thinking I was winning that game the entire way through because Chris is such a good player and he really gave me a run for my money, like big time. Um, and I, I didn't do any misplays. He didn't do any misplays. It was just dice. That was all it was. We played our, both played a, a game and he was an amazing guy to play against because there were some things that he like we would both like forget and we obviously great sportsman between both both of us being like, you know, that's fine. If that was your intention, 100% do it. Um, so it, it was a great game. He was that he was like that was the best game I had of Warhammer for a long time, with like the caliber and level and how like an underdog army can really like like cause stress because obviously, you know, Space Wolves versus Harlequins. You think Harlequins are going to win that every time because of the, the fight and death and the AP three and all of that horribleness. Um, but you know, Chris, great player, really like that. So ninety five seventy win to me. Great game, mate. I think um, I think it goes to show, like, uh, in a way, like that. Uh, even though Space Wolves aren't considered like the best of even Marine factions, like this guy obviously knew his stuff, and he said he's a die-hard Space Wolf player. So he obviously, it goes to show that like your your toughest fights aren't necessarily going to be against like the Tyranids or the um, Hail of Doom or Suriani of the games. That can be like those games where you face like your your mirror so to speak like for us it's like we're we're considered quite like quite respectfully um like Drakari experts but you're going to have experts in other armies that are going to play that know their army inside out they face these matchups on several occasions so they know what they're what they need to do in each matchup and and it really shows and those those are the games you remember and those are the games you learn from the most i think as well um so yeah great effort there mate and as a space war fan um, and a Space Wolf collector, I know that uh, all, all, bar no exception whatsoever, all Space Wolf players are like literally the nicest guys in the universe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I just, I just really respected him because of how well he played that army. I just thought he was, he was, it, it was really, it's like, like when I, when I play other, other people's armies who are like considered experts by their own trade, um, it's, it's, you, you, you realize that they play armies in a certain way because it's their play style and they just know everything about it so kudos to him to be fair um, Paulie game 3 what did you have mate so I finally got them I got the bug I got the bug so I got Tyranids um, and that was fun it was really fun it was eye opening I can tell you that for a fact I wanted to open some eyes from Tyranids I played against Billy and uh, Billy, I think, goes by the name of uh, Captain Submarine. He leads the Savvy Submariners, or Submariners, I'm not sure what they call themselves. Um, they're quite like a new ITC team who's sprung up in the UK and the Midlands. Uh, really good, like a bunch of chilled guys who meet up and play together. Anyone can play for them. So um, go check them out. I think they're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you're likely, likely going to see them at events across the UK. Um, now, this list seemed quite optimised. I am correct me if I'm wrong. It seems to have all the sort of the hot stuff in it. Uh, there's two winged hive tyrants, um, four units of warriors, two of the massive, like massive, massive blobs. Uh, Maliceptor, Harpy, Venom Thropes, Zone Thropes, 
Um, there's only a few data sheets in that sense, but um, you, you've read about you know everything it can do, um, the tyranny list, and it can do that and more. It is just absolutely obscene, obscene. And I assumed I was going to lose this game. Um, the game was uh, it was conversion, um, and I, I've lost my score sheet, so I can't sort of um, try and remember it turn by turn as easily as the other games. Um, but this is one where he came forward, his harpy came up and blew some stuff up in the back, didn't kill as much. Um, and it was a lot of trading in the middle. And do you know what? I, I pulled it back quite well in the mid game. I gave him a big run for his money. Um, you know, the Malacept and the other stuff in the middle. And I just had to throw things in there. I had to, um, to sacrifice um, a lot of my characters. I went for no prisoners. There's no way I could go to the last because I needed Drazar to go out there. And Drazar would die and he did die, but I, I had to. You know, I needed him to go out and try and kill stuff. Um, I do remember he flopped against one of the flying hive tyrants. Um, but I know that the succubus was fantastic. The Hellions were pretty decent. Um, and the Incubi, you know, helped pick up the Mana Scepter in the middle. Uh, Hellions, um, I think the Treeborn helped me take down the Harpy in the end. But I let the Harpy survive on a wound for a few turns. And obviously kept playing the strat where it would operate at full, um, at full capacity, wound capacity. So that was, that was definitely a mistake. Um, and I started chomping my way through some of the Warriors. I know Duke gave it a good go because obviously it's damage free. Um, that's quite efficient. Uh, the Homoxites were semi-decent. The other racks were good at holding objectives. But um, it's it actually quite a tight game. It was 73, 83. Uh, again, it was the witches. The witches came in his back lines because he pushed up forward. Um, he had the uh, what's the the character? Um, is there a character zone for it? Something? Um, and that, that was just Sam's, that's the one. Santa's back objective. Uh, and five witches again came and charged that. Um, and that was that was good. You know, the witches, you know, do a lot of work for me. Where I, I would never leave home without five witches. I'm not sure if I need two units of five witches, but um, again, I, I like the strife straps. You know don't work for everyone I know um, you know you guys are massive fans of uh, testicles aren't you and Curse Blade um, but you know the fights first comes into play for me quite a lot um, it was it was really rough I lost the game 73 83 um, and you know what? I think that's actually quite a, a very respectable score against Tyranids and probably you know you, you would assume that list is probably going to get nerfed by at least 200 points soon uh, because Tyranids are they are too good you, you see them everywhere at the um at the top tables and i believe tyrannus did win uh, the event in the end no spoilers but um yeah Ty tyrannus are crazy um i i learn but i've got i've got several learning styles um i really like to sort of be a bit of a theorist and sort of um you know dissect things but uh i'm very malleable in the sense i like to experience things like if someone says something is really good i want to understand why and sometimes i learn by getting tabled or getting smashed by it but um the Tyrannus are crazy good and in all honesty I'm not quite sure what I'd do against it with that list. Um, no, mate, I, I don't, I don't know what to, what to do to counter the Tyranid Menace as they are. Um, I think there's definitely a um, toning down job by GW. Um, they're just too point efficient, and their raw data slate power is insane at the moment. Um, so hopefully come the next chapter approved it will be a more even playing field across the across all codexes not just between us and them but um across all books you want it to be a bit more even because as said tyrannies are just wrecking face across the entire globe at the moment in 40k so um it obviously is going to be addressed at some point yeah i think uh, i i don't think there is even a, a chance with jukari because they're just way too efficient and they are like too 
100 points, 300 points are like under costed. Like the Warriors are impossible to kill with transhuman, minus one to hit, minus one damage, four up in front, all of and five up in a pain. It's just absolutely mad. Um, and I think if your name's not Julio from uh, War Masters, I think I don't think you got a ch- like anyone's got a chance because he seems to absolutely smash Tyranids, but uh, I don't know how because he, he's just here. Yeah, he he's an amazing player. Massive shout out to Julio though because he did well at this event. I think we'll come back to him later. But he I caught up with him I think on the second day. Um, he's a super nice guy, but he is he's a wizard with Jakara, isn't he? That he's um, he's gone through a, diff- a few different playstyles, but this is a list I think he's been playing probably almost a year like, after he moved away from Fix City. But again, it's a toolbox list. Um, you know, a single Talos and a single Kronos and uh, a large unit of Reavers. Um, you know, he li- likes the Homoxites as well. And on, on paper, I guess people would look at that and be like, what's it do? But um, I think there's only one person who knows exactly what it does, and that's Julio, and that's what he does so well. He's, he's a Italian wizard at the game. So yeah, he really is. He literally is. He he, he must. He, I think he's like the number one Jakara player in the world at the moment. Uh, he, he just every event he just absolutely smashes. Um, so yeah, that was round three, end of game, end of day one, um, and. Round four. At the end of the day, we got our pairings, and I got a pretty savage pairing because maybe if flying too close to the sun, because I was on table three at this point in the tournament out of you know two hundred or a hundred or whatever, two hundred and eighty people, whatever it was. Um, so I was currently sixth um, at this time, um, but I managed to pull Vic, who is currently the number one player in the world. Um, so, uh, I think maybe David Geller has just pipped him at the moment, but, um, yeah, Vic is, you know, a renowned, a renowned Warhammer player. He's, he's a very, very good player and always plays the, the most broken lists out there. Um, I, I screwed up massively with, with my deployment. I actually lost the game in the deployment phase, which is like, I literally deployed and I went, I've just lost the game. Because I basically deployed really hide and seeky, like as if I was playing Drakari. Um, and what I should have done is just put every single unit on on the line, and just gone. If I go first, it's a 50-50 chance. If I don't, uh, I've lost. Um, so it was it because basically I was playing the um, the most oppressive Halo Doom list that's out there at the moment, where you, where he where they'll bring two. Uh, two units of dire, 10 Dire Avengers from Deep Strike and they will uh, just pick up any unit that they shoot because they have exploding sixes and also uh, every six to hit is a, is a is an auto wound at AP3. Then he had two squads of Sweeping Hawks, two squads of Scatter Bikes, Baroff who you can't actually kill. Um, it was oh, it's just absolutely insane how how uh how like cr- crazy efficient it is because it's it, like into in like one round of shooting it's over like 200 shots um and it's just all auto wounding on sixes uh i i the reason why i should have gone everything on the line is because turn one he actually only killed three bikes um by the way i deployed but because of the swooping hawks how they can basically shoot you and then just yeet to the back of the board 
there was no point with even having anything else hidden because I then was playing catch up every turn where I'd, I'd get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and then all the units that were close to him he just absolutely eviscerate with just the, the sheer brokenness of Swooping Hawks and, and the Hail of Doom. So I had, yeah, I basically lost the game in the deployment stage. I basically deployed way too far back and I've just, I took the tip deployed teleport homens over, over banners of rod and it was just such a big mistake. Um, and all my secondaries were basically to be in his deployment zone the entire game. And I spent the entire game in my deployment zone. So I scored a, a really, really low score of 48 and, uh, managed, and he, uh, at least I'm, I, I kept him under 90. He, um, I kept him to 86. Um, uh, but you know, it was, it was, oh, it's just, there's not much you can do against that Halo Doom. It's just absolutely broken. That was a super rough game, Dom. Um, I played Vic before a couple of years ago at LGT. Really nice guy, but he, he knows his stuff and he um he plays hot stuff to be fair to him. I know he's always been a, an Eldar fan. Uh, but that was a rough game to go into, especially that list. Um dare I even say how would you play that as a Drakari player against it? Uh you can't win if you're playing Drakari. There just there literally isn't a chance. Sorry to say. There just literally isn't. You you can't withstand two hundred shots a turn, and then you you physically not have the capability to get to the sweeping hawks. Um, it's you either have to go three squads of max squad reavers and animus vitae and hope you get there turn one, but then a good player will either keep them in reserve, or just be that slightly far back. The worst thing about it, you can't even tag them because they're in the. Con in their, their battle focus is in the, um, gets replaced by their teleport move which counts as uh, which replaces their consolidate so they just you tag them they fight you and then they just yeet out of combat nine inches away from you and they just take your home objective in in their movement phase which is absolutely horrendous um yeah like yeah it's just unwinnable but with jukari unless you're unless you you you'd luckily play someone who doesn't know how to play it how how does Swooping Hawks exist like this at the moment? I literally don't understand how they thought it was a good idea because they're literally the price of witches, but they are like insane. They get like four shots each, as that's forty shots out of one squad, and they shoot you, and then they go nine inches away. Uh, they go nine, they they can just teleport anywhere on the board nine inches away, which is literally madness. And they are also the to the last unit, so you you can't kill them because you can't tag them. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just an absolutely rough matchup. But uh, even though I played like I just played such a stupid secondary and deployment game, I still still managed to to pick up some stuff. But you know, if I if I had had to go get had to had a rematch straight after, I would have just put everything on the line and just said, right, this guy, this you either win turn one or um, you keep me in the game for the rest of it. But um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a rough one. But you learn from these. Just if you come up against Elder, just put, put yourself on the line and just go for it. Um, yeah, Paulie, what was your game three? Uh, four. So it's tear down the icons, George. What do all the meta chasers play? Uh, whatever's best, mate. <laughs> uh, Tyranids at the moment, I guess. Dark um, Harlequins. That's what the meta chasers play. Ah, uh, yeah, they play the Dark they, Harlequins, they, don't they? Play yeah. Dark Harlequins. Um, so, T Shadow Seers, uh, Troop Master, Death Jester, six troops, five Star Weavers, two Void Weavers, and a Webway Gate. Dom, is that like a good list to you? 
because he's got two shadow seers and I, I i actually don't think you should run shadow seers because i actually think they're jank really? <laughs> yeah i yeah I, I like me and me and the uh harlequins lads are, are basically saying like drop shadow seers because they're only good if you um don't get first turn because they have an aura of minus one to wounds because after that first turn he is literally sitting at the back of the board because everything else is just in the the opponent's deployment zone so it's good if they're like if there's loads of like really big squads but the as we know as elf players msu is king and you just want like like loads of msu everywhere that's really hard hitting um so i don't rate shadow Sears, but i'm sure if he's taking it to a big 200 person event he knows how to play it that's it so this was an interesting game the webway gates went down to sort of very similar positions both sort of threatening each other's like um sort of home objectives and uh, this is the one where you drop the bombs. You have to, um, you know, you plant bombs. You can sort of deactivate them as well. Um, and that's, you know, knowing I was going to play this mission, you know, a few bits of like MSU extra racks, especially the webway gate, it works really good because they just like come out of the webway. It's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, plant a bomb. I'm going to plant a bomb here. Um, really useful. So this was an interesting one. I went first, which gave me a small bit of board control. I went for engage R&D into the last... Um, and James went for Stranglehold, Warp Ritual, and Dramatic Entrance. Um, now this was, was a weird one that um, he made a few mistakes definitely, and he gave me two 12-point turns. Um, so battle round two, battle round three, uh, I went for 12, um, and then again I put him on a zero in the in the second battle round. Uh, again, which is coming to home objected, which is just phenomenal in that. Um, and I was able to sort of dance around. The Hamoxites were absolute stars, uh, staying alive on one of the objectives in the open. I think he didn't commit enough firepower into them, because um, obviously the Shurikens um, aren't, well, it, it's with the Prophet's rule, isn't it? Only wound of fours. Uh, I think that catches people off guard, um, especially the five of Invan and the Shrug is really useful. Um, so this is a game sort of dancing around a bit. Uh, engage, I was able to do quite well. Stranglehold, he didn't score until like battle round uh, four. Um, R&D, I was able to get eight points in it. Uh, Warp Ritual, um, he he maxed that quite comfortably. Dramatic Entrance, he you know he's, he's quite stuttering in it. Um, but this was a game where going going first wasn't always the best for me, and I started bleeding a lot of units. Um, and in the middle, um, I think I sent Succubus into big unit bikes. And she whiffed like another game. The last event, I went into Harlequin Bikes, uh, and she picked up the squad on the charge. Where it, pretty much, uh, whereas she whiffed in this one. But it's actually Duke helped me to sort of save the game in some regards. Um, where in the middle, uh, he was on his own next to some Void Weavers. He came too close. I um, hooked into them. Ended up taking both of those down. Um, and then using um, the Treeborn, I believe I was able to shoot down all of the um, Sky Weavers as well. Um, and so that, that was useful to stop him getting into my to the last towards the end. Um, but it, it was super, super close. Um, and the score for this ended as a draw uh, to uh, both surprise. And so, do you know what? He was an awesome player. And it was just a game of Drakari trading, fighting hard, and Dark Harlequins um, striking back in their speed. It, it was really good. Like Eldari, Eldari games. As long as the lists aren't busted, I like are always fun, and I always like playing against other elves. So, um, really good, and it was odd to draw a game. Um, was it you know messed up the brackets, but I guess it meant that I knew I'd probably be like, towards the top of my bracket, uh, win or loss as such. But 
Uh, really close, really tight, really good game. Yeah, well, well done for drawing that because like Dark Harlequins are a complete counter to Jakari, so that is like a testament to your player. Like you definitely played that really, really well. Like yeah, it's yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like you know, it's you, you played that really well, really well. Yeah, I agree, mate. That's, um, I don't know what Don's talking about. Harlequins are a direct counter. He drew. That's a that's not a loss. That, that, I think that counts as a win in my book. So, uh, well done, mate. Um, so, that's a, what's that? Three? No, two wins, one loss, and a draw so far. So, um, and Dom, you're on one loss and three wins. So, pretty even, really. Yeah, it's uh, not a bad result so far, obviously. Um, you know, events can come up, you can finish very, very differently on the last game, right? Where it can really sort of affect your status. Um, going back to that game, like where I sort of almost uh, lost the win, as it were, is um, James able to max out the points with um, planting the bombs, and I wasn't able to detonate enough. So I think it's where even more MSU would have been good enough. But I think this was just a game where I had to play really, really hard. But also to the last was good for me. I think I was able to get 10 points out of that which helped me to uh, the draw, as it were. Um, but also, every time I'm playing to the last and keeping Trezar and Trueborn on the radar, I'm playing the game at like 400 points down. So um, it doesn't always work, but it's, it's one of my games as well. It's uh, potato, potato. Um, let's go on to game five. Dom, we played Tired of Conviction. What did you play against? So I actually played someone who listens to the podcast, a, a, a fellow Drakari player. Um, and uh, we got to the table, we had exchanged some nice words, and uh, then we let the savagery start. Um, he, I, he basically was just like, oh, I don't know what to do against you because you fought on death. And I've just, he literally has an entire combat army. Um, so he had to be really cagey. Um, but um, he was a really, really, really good Jakari player. And there was actually a game-winning play that he did, but he missed committing to it. And I noticed it. And I was just like, oh, if, he did, if he'd have done it diff a bit differently, I would have been maybe two, three, three pri like primary scores down in the next couple of turns. So uh, I was glad he missed that. But um, I think he was just taken back up by how vicious the Jukari was. So uh, Harlequins were. So basically he got first turn and just moved a little bit and just basically moved all his grotesques up and didn't really do anything. Um, and then in my turn, I picked up um, eight grotesques turn one um, and uh, managed to tag a lot of his units. And that is when the trade war started. <laughs> and literally he would then have to charge his units into mine i cut them up then uh, in his turn so he had to be really weirdly he had to play really weirdly round stuff and he actually had to bring his venoms forward to be gun platforms which was really weird um but it kind of worked um i i failed every single four up in bun from the uh from my bikes in my turn one and i actually lost i actually lost five bikes turn one when i thought they would last the game in his deployment zone i, I literally after like i i you i failed like like out of 10 dice 10 saves and then i re-rolled five of them and i re and i failed all five and i was like what the? i just failed 15 four up in buns that is not that's not 
like what usually happens um so he he got re- he got really lucky there but um yeah i basically it basically became like a big trade war between us the entire game and he just couldn't keep up one of the most savage things to happen though was um he deep struck his uh, strife five man witch unit into um turn two and got a charge off onto my home objective i was like great play great play um the witches attacked uh they killed three of the um three of the uh the troops that were on the objective and he was just like cool i've got the objective then i went sorry mate i fought on death and then fought on death and i killed four of his witches and then my then my normal ones that were alive like got to attack and just killed him and like he like my the mortal wound uh the mortal wounds uh death jester killed drazar like like a knife going through butter just kind of shot him got him down to two wounds from mortals um and a fail and one failed save and then i charged in and did mortals and he was just he just couldn't keep up with that i also forgot the no rerolls against um, my uh, uh, no rerolls against my um, warlord because actually his his archon didn't wound uh, my um, my 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 HQ, which was game breaking because uh, he then had to fight again reroll with the rerolls and then um, uh, to to get the last wound of him. But what I would have done, I would have picked up the the archon. I would have turned off his invun, picked up the archon and the succubus in one turn. Uh, what I did manage to do though was because the bikes have such a big footprint, I wrapped a venom with bikes and he couldn't disembark, so he had to just kill kill five ink because he couldn't place them. Uh, which was absolutely horrendous but yeah uh, basically it was a really really good game until everything kind of fell apart um, for him because I just had more trades trade partners and with the mix of like fusion guns popping off and mortal wounds popping off everywhere and all of my two and three damage spattered around with mortal wounds spam um, the game basically had a good first two turns and then it just like tumbled from there so he uh he managed to score 66 and i managed to win it with 94 so uh, i didn't quite do my 95 point average um with it with the wins i got but 94 nonetheless is is great um but yeah it was a, it was a really good really tough game we played a really really good game um and like he'll agree like some things just went his his way some things just went my way like me losing my bikes at like five bikes early but then he some of his like court whiffing and his grotesque whiffing to like the like like three grotesque failed to kill the, the solitaire with his three up in bun and the solitaire then killed them back but if he had killed the solitaire then it would kept me on a five a four point primary so loads of things bounce around but um i gotta say like it was a really good player i really enjoyed the game um but obviously i know i i always felt like i was one step ahead because i kind of knew what he would likely be doing with his units um so i tried to put, pin him into areas where he didn't really want to be um but no doug great player really really enjoyed playing you and i hope we can like play another event because uh, i really enjoyed playing you i know we've talked after the event and everything like that but um it was great playing you 
so yeah, I was uh, I finished finished the tournament, guys, with four wins and uh, one loss to to the best man in in 40k at the moment. Um, but I really enjoyed playing Harlequins. I just thought it was absolutely amazing the playstyle, and I don't I don't think there's much much else I'd maybe do other than change Haywire out for Shuriken, um, or just go full tilt into nine nine squads of troop with. Uh, nine transports and in light and just say you know what everything's there's 18 fusion pistols and 18 mortal wound shots coming at you with all of these shuriken shots and i'll go three death jesters all that sort of stuff um because they can all you know sh uh, advance and shoot so it'll be really fast um but yeah i really uh, i really enjoyed it really really enjoy it and my friend uh, rob who's a harkins player took my exact list to a two a two day GT and uh, last weekend and went undefeated with it. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Well done, mate. So, does this mean going forward you'll stick with the Harlequins, or do you think you're bringing the Drakari back up to events? I'm going to stick with uh, with Harlequins until I get my um, until the meta changes a bit because Harlequins are are better than Drakari at the moment, um, and I just I want to stick with. Harlequins till I get enough coteries and then I'm going to do a couple of events with coteries because I'm, I'm hoping to have my full coteries list for LGT um, but we all know what my true love is and that is chaos and they are just knocking on that door aren't they yeah they are mate so um, so it's meta chasing Harlequins for the time being until something better comes along <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I should congratulate you because you did really well. But beating a listener of the podcast and a Jakari fan in the last one, I mean, I, I think you're the I think you're the bad guy in this in this story and this narrative. If we were to if we were to take the roles as a as a Harlequin troop, you're definitely the evil the evil guy in this in this act in this performance. So um, to do old school English panto. <laughs> yeah or or george is it was it a fact of if he'd have beaten me he would then replace me in the podcast well we already know he's going to replace you mate we're going to get julio on because he he, uh, <laughs> he he definitely knows uh knows Drakari better than well probably all of us to be fair <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah it was uh i would say the the the, the real space raid was a deadly performance that was it yeah. was uh it was very good but um paulie how did you end up doing on your last game Good question. I played another game, didn't I? Uh, game five was Tyler Conviction, and I played against Space Wolves. Now I played against Dan Fearis again, someone who I know does listen to the uh, the podcast. Now Dan is someone who was quite one of the early adopters for Dark Technomancers uh, towards the end of Eighth Edition. I know he did very well with them in Raiders at the time when not not everyone was running them. So he is someone um, who knows Drakari very well. I think he was. Uh, certainly, he's certainly been in the top um, of the UK. I think he might have won it in one of the years recently. Uh, a really solid uh, Drakari general. He ran a interesting Space Wolves list. Now, this is, you call it off meta, but I think it's actually quite a clever list. I think it's actually quite well teched into Thousand Suns and Tyranids because it's very anti Psyker. Um, had a smattering of characters. He had Arjak, uh, Nigel Stormcaller, I like to call him. He had a captain. Uh, he had some blood claws, uh, two units of incursors, hounds of Morkai, who are like the fancy uh, anti-psycho uh, reavers. 
Um, Wolfguard of Jump Packs, uh, Wolfen, two Wolfen Dreads, Murderfang, two units of Thunderwolf Cavalry, and some Fenrisian Wolves. So, an interesting, well rounded list. Um, and my friend Lee, Lee, you've been listening to the podcast. Um, I played against him a lot, so I know my Space Wolves well. Um, but it's certainly interesting. I played against uh, Simon Laxton in the last event. He knows Drakari, you know, like the back of his hand. Um, and again, it was interesting going to a seasoned uh, Archon in this um, event as well, because it's someone who knows your army like perfectly. Uh, whether he's going to know, like you know, all your sort of plans, sort of moves, your you know, your secondaries. Is he going to know your combos? Is he going to like you know second guess where your raiders are going? Like what you're going to hold back? Um, but it, it was super, super interesting. Now, Dan, he, he was a quality guy, really, really nice guy. Um, super cool. Uh, and I was able to go first. I want to say I went first because um, I was able to get some charges in. I was able to charge the Hellions uh, into one of the units of Incursors and take them down early on. Um, and I will say something, right? My dice were hot. Like... And Dan, you'll, you'll be laughing or cursing me with this because we all remember games where, like, you know, our dice are bad or our dice were good. But this is, I must have played maybe a thousand games of 40k by now, probably in the hundreds, right? In the hundreds. This was my hottest game for dice I've ever had. Um, I was just rolling dice and I'd roll them again, be like, you know, it doesn't roll sixes all the time. You know, it doesn't. Uh, but where it mattered, it, it was just working. So it was just like, Dark glances against Thunderwolves, you know, the perfect target. It's like, oh, it hits, it wins, oh, it fails, oh, you know, that's your Thunderwolves gone. Like, I was killing them so quickly. Um, Himoxites moved like across the board, and then he had two sort of uh, key charges. He had to get his Wolfen in and his, uh, I think it's the Wolfguard into my Grotesque and Hellions, and he failed both of those. I think both of them were like nine inch charges, but uh, with some rerolls, you know, you'd expect to get at least one of them in. And it wasn't game defeating, but you know it was it was pretty big, uh, and I was able to then sort of like go and pick my targets afterwards. Um, Drazara and Incubi uh, with their raider again. I spoke about Grizzly trophies earlier. They went into a bit of um, a multi charge into some of the Thunderwolf cavalry, the Wolfen, um, and my Homunculus was there, so I was able to make a lot of those units fight last. Uh, I did throw the Succubus really stupid into his captain. Uh, I forgot what armor Rust did and just lost her. Um, but, you know, I was able to sort of move block the, the Dreadnoughts from getting to my home objective. Uh, the Witches came in, in some back lines. The Mandrakes redeployed around. Um, it just went very, very well for me. And, you know, it was almost like the game wasn't tied up, but it was looking very, very good. And then Duke and the court, you know, just jumped in and took his home objective. And I was putting him onto like Nil Poir. Um, and then Arjak charged Duke, I passed like eight Shadowfields, and then Duke just killed Arjak back. Um, the Grotesque got charged, I think, um, by one of the units, and I had to make eight saves. I rolled like six sixes. It, it literally, it was like my dice were like, yeah, they, they were blessed for that game. Um, I did get a good victory, 90-49, but... Um, you know, I played a similar list with like a lot of um, Space Wolf Dreads, um, but I think not that Dan was daunted by it, but he knew my speed, and my, my speed was it was massive. You know, we all know as Drakari players how easy it is to redeploy and skirt up flanks and uh, move your assets around. And again, 
I keep talking about the webway gate, but the webway gate is just phenomenal because you know you have to keep units hidden, you know, sort of around it to try and deal with the units that come out. But then if you keep them too close, you know you just make the charges easy for me. And every game without fail, you know Rax goes in there, Court and Duke. You know it's quite expensive with the with the, with the um the CPs, but again you know it does half them, so it makes it feasible in that sense. Um, but yeah, it was a solid win, uh, which meant I ended uh, the events with only one loss, three wins, a draw and a loss. And I finished 51st out of 276. So um, I think second in my bracket, really, really close to winning that. Um, but a really good game to end it on against a really great guy. So thanks for the game, if you are listening, Dan. Um, and a really solid event, really enjoyed it. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was really chuffed that I managed to come top 20 at the event out of 280 people. Um, I came 18th and the guy who beat me only came four places above me, which kind of makes it well, like it makes it it makes it taste a lot a lot better. Um, knowing that even though he beat me, then we we came like let almost almost two or three places uh, close close to each other. But yeah, it was really good. It was a really good tournament. I love Zach's events and yeah, maybe maybe next time I'll I'll try with some Drakari. Eh? Uh, well done, gents. I think that was a yeah good summary. Um, but I think it'd be good to end the show on doing some shout-outs for like other um, should-be-famous archons who have done really, really well. So I know we've already mentioned Julio, uh, Julio who played Jakari at the same event, was it? Or was it Birmingham? Um, no, he played at the event. He came, um, came in the top four of his list. Um, and I think he fell at the first hurdle in the, in the semi-finals. Uh, against, I think it was Danny Everson with his Tyranids. Um, but, like, an amazing performance. Well done. Um, I think he's someone that we might look to get on in the podcast in the future. So I think he's definitely got some uh, wisdom to share. Yeah, definitely. So, if, uh, those of you who don't know, like, if you follow him on Instagram, he's known as Architect of, uh, Architect of Flesh. Um, he's one of the War Masters crew. Um, he's uh, um, evidently an, an incredible Jakari player to get to um the top four knockout bracket at an event um like birmingham which was like what was it 200 players and um then losing to tyranids and i think tyranids took top three at that at that event so um yeah i mean that was an incredible performance and um a few other ones i wanted to do we, oh, you mentioned him earlier because you played him in the last event you went to but simon laxton went to a gt um a couple of weeks ago in exeter near me um and came second at that one he lost he uh, won four and lost one and he had a a really cool Jakari list that was running Triple Ravager, um, which we haven't seen for, well, since the days of Rit of the Living Muse, I don't think. But um, yeah, he's running Triple Ravager. So he was having double Cabal patrols and uh, and then an Artist of Flesh attachment with lots of racks and grotesques and stuff. So well done to you, Sai. Um, uh, you did well there. So um, it's good to share some love. And um, if any of you guys do well at events um, with your Jakari, um, then like message us or, or tell us on Discord and we're more than happy to share and shout you out because... Uh, now that we're not top dogs, it's becoming rarer and rarer. I think when when we were like coming out top dogs, we all we all intended to do shout outs and do list breakdowns, but it was happening so often it was kind of pointless. But um, now we're coming to a meta where we're sort of middling in the pack at around the 50% win rate margin. Uh, when people do do well, it's good to celebrate that and look and try and break down their army list and what they played against. So uh, we're probably going to do that in the future. That's so true, George. Like when we started the podcast, it was like you know, if someone does well at an event. I think we had uh, Cody Giroux, uh on in the um, the infancy of the 
of the show. Obviously, JT and McDowell did well in the Las Vegas Open. Um, and obviously, you know, the Codex came out and <laughs> Tricari were good. Well, weren't good whether they were absolutely fantastic for so long. And they're still really good and people do still perform with them. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if we can get sort of back to our roots and try and get a few more people on and discuss their, you know, their success with Tricari. Thank you all for joining us on episode 37 of Real Space Raiders. I hope you've enjoyed our recap of the Birmingham GT Super Major. Our design, a Drakari unit flesh crafting section, and a little bit of our hobby and games. This has been Sky Serpent, joined by Archon George and Dark Techno Dom. See you in the webway. Stay safe and happy raiding. <laughs>